make sure to check us out on Letterboxd for written reviews. For films that we've done not only on the podcast, but outside of the podcast too. Links in the description below. everyone and welcome back to the rewatch podcast my name is samuel and my name is Jaden. and this is a podcast where we rewatch classic or current films and then decide whether they deserve a rewatch from you you can find the podcast on youtube spotify apple podcasts or any other place you listen to podcasts today we're going to be talking about uh what movie Jaden? the dreaded Dread it, run from it. <laughs> Destiny still arrives. Yes, we're we're going to be doing uh, the Amazing Spider-Man two. The Amazing Spider-Man two. Yeah, we just watched it together. Mm-hmm. So rewatch first. We never actually sat down. I I believe like we never actually sat down together and watched the film and then immediately chatted about it on the podcast. Yeah, right? no, we haven't. So that's the first. It's gonna be interesting because. We, we literally just watched it maybe like 20 minutes ago. We got to the end. And, um, you know, we were chatting throughout, like on and off. Yep. We weren't, we weren't as chatting as much as, say, we were throughout the Snyder Cut, for example. Yeah. Oh, because that is another film that we watched. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. We together. did do that, actually, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, we, we kept some things hidden from each other. It was hard. I yeah. must say, it was very hard. Because naturally you want to, you know, turn to yeah. and, and say... Isn't that ridiculous or how and cool is that? Especially you, because it's one of your favorites, your favorite film. Yeah. And, you know, you, I, I do it as well. You want to, you know, let the other person know that this little moment, that little moment, what, what's happening. I, I did it with um, Baby Driver's, uh, Edgar Wright's Baby Driver as well. So right. I, I'm not bashing on you, but it's fun to do it, yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was released in 2014. It is the second installment of the Amazing Spider-Man franchise, um, the second and uh, the last. Um, and um, I'll try not to cry. Um, so obviously starring Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man um, shortly afterwards was cancelled and then made room for Sony to then put um, or, or provide the rights back to Marvel and then that they gave us... Um, Tom Holland in Civil War two years later. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, in terms of critical reception, obviously not well received. In terms of monetary, it did okay. Like yeah. You got like 600, 700 mil, but Sony probably weren't as happy as, as, as they would have liked to be. That's why yeah. they were, I think they were so quick to, you know, to get rid of it. To reboot it, yeah. And especially, you know, it didn't help with the fact that, you know, the MCU was building steam at this stage, you know, building up to Civil War. 2014 was Guardians, right? Guardians of the yep. Galaxy came out. So you have Sony thinking, okay, shall we continue this franchise that is not doing as well as we would like it to? Or for free, 
shall we just hitch a ride with Marvel? And to be honest, I think the, the best business decision was made for them. Yeah. But probably creatively, not sure. It's up for debate, isn't it? Well, look, I think the MCU offers a lot of potential in terms of, you know, storytelling and bringing in all these other characters that, you know, mm. fans want to see it with. I mean, you know, Sony strictly has to stick with uh, the people that are available to them, you know, Doc Ock and, and the Vulture and all of those characters. So, you know, it, it's going to reach a certain point where Sony runs out of characters because they've only got, you know, limited rights to, to these characters and, you know, they're eventually going to use them all. And right. Marvel has a very you know, broad slate of characters. Yeah, well, they have everyone else. They've yeah. got everyone else. So I think eventually it was bound to happen. But, you know, whether The Amazing Spider-Man 3 should have happened, you know, I think that's always going to be up for debate. Mm. So that's a bit of factual information about the film. Story overview, we usually go to Letterboxd. Um, but considering, you know, I'm here and I've watched this film probably um, more times than is probably recommended. Yep. Um I'll How get, many times do you think you've actually watched it? Like, well, the thing is, all right, well, let me tell you a bit of a story about the history of this movie <laughs> and what it means to me, okay? Yeah. Because it's not just like, you know, one day in 2018, I sat down and was like, oh, let's watch this random Spider-Man movie. And oh my gosh, it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. So I watched this movie in the cinemas, as did you, I yep, think. Yep, Um, And before then, I was... A, I was a DC fan, mm-hmm. but not, you know, I was a DC fan growing up, like in my younger years, because I would watch like the cartoons and stuff. Um, and, you know, I watched a bit of Spider-Man, but not too much. You know, if you were to ask me to name a superhero, I probably would have said Batman, then Superman, then probably like Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, um, but then later on, you know, when it got to 2014, um, I went along to Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hadn't seen the first one. Oh really? No, and I don't. Okay. I didn't watch the first Amazing Spider-Man until twenty nineteen. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I think I might have watched it before you. I actually remember it, it was very similar to you. I watched the Amazing Spider-Man two first. Yeah. But I I can't remember when I watched the the first film. It, but it, right. I think it was before you. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I went in, I went to, with mum to the cinemas to watch this Spider-Man movie. Obviously very excited because, you know, superheroes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just having this incredible experience of, you know, it was like being on a roller coaster ride, watching Spider-Man go through the city and having that on the big screen. Like my stomach genuinely was like, it was like I was, you know, going up and down with Spider-Man. And it was just such an incredible experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't register much of the story elements. Yeah. I thought Electro was like, looked like interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at that age, you don't really care about like critical reception. You just see like what looks cool. What's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, I came out of this movie and, and, and by the way, this was like the first major Spider-Man movie that I've actually sat down and watched. Mm-hmm. So then my view is if you were to say who's Spider-Man, I would have pointed to Andrew Garfield and said that's Spider-Man. Yep. Whereas a lot of people at that time were still probably a bit hurt by the fact that Tobey Maguire is not Spider-Man anymore. So already I'm a bit biased because I don't know the other Spider-Man. 
right? Yeah. And, and I think feel like everyone has that sort of bias with the first one you I, watch. I think it's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it's, you know, the first film you watch is the deepest connection that you have. Yeah. It, it, it's like with most films, if you grow up with the character, you just tend to get connected with them more than, you know, say a reboot. You hate Tom Holland, Spider-Man. So, yeah. Right. So, so I watched this movie in the cinemas and look, I wanted to be Spider-Man for a couple of weeks after mm-hmm. it. I was like, I think okay. everyone does, right? Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, you know, where's this spider going to come from? Like, when's it going to bite me? You know, when can I start swinging around? And, um, <laughs> it's like, yeah. um, you know, getting your letter from Hogwarts. It's like, <laughs> oh, I want to be a wizard. It's like that. It's like, okay, I need some sort of time frame on this universe. Like, you know, how long am I going to have to wait until I can finally become Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, still hasn't happened. Still waiting for that day to yep. come. But um, <laughs> regardless, so obviously, like, you know, this movie didn't, like, become my life or anything. Like, I enjoyed it. And every now and then, like, I'd see it on TV and I'd watch it again or, mm-hmm. you know... And then, you know, a couple of years passed and suddenly like Netflix becomes a thing. And it was on Netflix for quite a while. Like it, I, I'm not sure why, but only the second one was on Netflix. Yeah. So, so every now and then I would just watch the movie again mm-hmm. and was quite surprised to learn that nobody else really liked it. Mm. And, but the thing, the thing is with that, like nobody else liked the movie. So in a way that, that made it even more like special for me. Because mm-hmm. it was like, that's my, like, it's like, uh, you know, it you, deepens my connection with the movie. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and one day I remember I was on a school trip, right? And, and it's still on Netflix. So I downloaded it on Netflix to have a watch on my phone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching it, you know, on my phone, probably not the best viewing experience. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but so, so I'm watching away, having a great time. And like, still don't really know why I like the movie that much. Mm-hmm. And, um. And I see the end and I'm like, hang on, this movie was released in 2014. When, when did you go on this trip? Um, maybe like roughly 2017. 2017. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I had been following the MCU as well. Like this really mm-hmm. pushed me into the Marvel universe. You know, I was, I, I started to watch like the Avengers and Iron Man Yep. and, and I was incredibly excited. Don't get me wrong for Spider-Man and Civil War. Mm-hmm. But the part of my brain just didn't click to that yeah. there could only be one Spider-Man. Like, I just it, I just love the movie so much, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 so much, that I hadn't even, like, thought about, okay, where's the next one? Yeah. So there I am watching it. I watch it all the way through, have a great time, uh, you know, probably not talking to my friends or whatever, just, you know, on, on my phone watching Andrew Garfield. You were immersed in yeah. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and, and so, you know, this is like maybe... A, a year or so after Civil War came out, which I, which I love as well. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, whatever happened to The Amazing Spider-Man 3? So I look it up and it was cancelled. Mm-hmm. And that that really broke my heart, my heart <laughs> in many ways. Um, I, I was quite heartbroken. And um, then I started to research why. And then obviously, you know, when things like that, you know, like things that happen like even nowadays with like, you know, the whole Snyderverse debacle and stuff, like it can make yeah. you quite angry if you're a fan, you're invested in, and it just doesn't work out. Yeah. Obviously this whole franchise didn't really work out. So yeah, that was a bit disappointing, mm-hmm. but then eventually maybe like two years later, I went back and watched the first one and then I sort of always just had to, you know, 
a really deep love for the, for the second movie. Like I enjoy the first movie. Yep. Nowhere near the nostalgic sort of love for it because I've only probably seen the first one maybe like four or five times. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Amazing Spider-Man Two is probably the movie that I've watched the most in my life. Period. Yeah. Yep. Like I've probably watched this. <laughs> it's hard to pinpoint, right? Yeah, it is hard. Yeah. But like I can sort of. Because I imagine, like, I would watch it every now and then, like, because obviously I watch it more now because I own the disc mm-hmm. and I own the 4K. But I've probably watched this movie at least 20 times. Let's <laughs> do a bit of a at, quick math At here. least. At 40... least. I've only been alive. Well, this movie and I have only been alive, you know, to the, the movie's only been out for, um, like, what? 2014 it came out seven years yeah and you've watched a collective of 50 hours of this film probably if i've done my math correct we are law students after all (laughs) yeah law and business yeah so we should be better but (laughs) we should be better than most but but yeah so anyway um long story short i've watched this movie quite a lot and so i sort of know it back to front right so that brings me to the synopsis where we left off in the last movie Spider-Man has defeated the Lizard, obviously, um, and Captain Stacy has died as, as a result. And this is the big thing that defines this sort of these two movies is this promise that Captain Stacy and Spider-Man form. Yeah. Because you know, obviously Spider-Man's developing a relationship with Gwen Stacy, um, which we all know is a doomed relationship by the nature. Like Gwen Stacy, the character is is doomed. Like that's the whole the interesting aspect about Gwen Stacy, but... Well, let, let's keep it spoiler-free. Well, yeah. in terms of the comics. In terms, in terms of, of the comics. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, and um, so Captain Stacy is, is dying and he says, um, I want you to promise me that you'll stay away from Gwen. Yep. And then um, Peter says, yeah, of course, I'll do it. Um, and he does for a bit, but then he... Is reneges on that promise and then the amazing spider-man one ends mm-hmm. and this picks up a year later i'm pretty sure one year yeah okay. and um so he's got a new suit mm-hmm. um and he's still dating gwen yep and he's obviously if somebody dies in front of you and they tell you tell you to keep a promise and you break that promise you're it's obviously going to cause a bit of emotional uh, you know distress yeah, for you and, and i feel like the whole premise of this keeping a secret thing it could have been done very well but i don't know i it was just handled a bit poorly and like how they went along you know how they went back and forth back and forth yeah it 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 was just a bit of a miss on my part right Um, i like the concept i Mm. think it could have done very well sure but yeah it just wasn't handled yeah yeah so essentially um Peter Parker is going a bit flip-floppy on Gwen Stacy. He wants to date her or he's too guilty to. Mm-hmm. And um, that forces Gwen Stacy to uh, break up with him. And then, you know, Harry Osborn comes back, old friend of Peter's, um, who we all know is uh, destined to become a certain villain. And uh, Meanwhile, we have this, um, this nerd who is um, untreated by society who uh, falls into a tank of um, eels. Society. And uh, he therefore becomes a, uh, 
how to quite describe it. Yeah. A big blue man. A big blue man. <laughs> and, and so th- those are our two villains. Actually, we have three villains. Sorry. There's three villains in this three movie. Villains. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> I am the rider. <laughs> yeah. So we have three villains. We have the Gwen Stacy relationship plot. And then we yeah. also have another plot about Peter Parker's parents that comes in a bit at the start and mm-hmm. a bit towards the end of the film as well. Meanwhile, also, obviously, Aunt May is still alive um, and, you know, talking to Peter every now and then. God, they just... There's so many colliding storylines. There's a lot of things going on, isn't there? I really think they bit off more than they could chew. Um, Also, Black Cat. Black Cat. But, you know, it's probably a good thing that they didn't use her as much as they probably should have. Because for two and a half hours already, you know, introducing another character who has her own storyline. Right. And, I mean, they already cut MJ out of it. I mean, what were they Mm. thinking? (laughs) There's so much going on. And when you compare it to, like, the first film, the first film's a lot more simple. I mean, we have... One villain to start with, the lizard. It's a good formula, the one villain formula. The one villain formula tends to work, right? <laughs> Why bring in three? Um, I, I, you know, maybe they were rushed for time because they they wanted to set up the Sinister Six for, you know, the third film. And you've only got two films to do it, so you have to introduce a number of characters. Right. But why did you do one in the first film and then do three in the second film? And, you know, where were the other two... I don't know. It's it, it just it's weird how they did it, yeah. um, and it was kind of doomed to fail in a certain sense because yeah, they just they couldn't work with all of the colliding storylines and make something good out of it. Mm. It, was, it was way too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also note that this movie is directed by Mark Webb, who's mm-hmm. the same guy who directed the first movie. Also directed Five Hundred Days of Summer. Has since directed Gifted, which is quite. Gifted. Um, um, it's just the one with Affleck? Mackenzie, um, oh, what's her name? Really young girl yeah. and Chris Evans. Um, oh, yep, yep, yep. I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and that's quite, I mean, it's not a mind-blowingly good film, but mm-hmm. it, it's nice, you know, it's nice and cute. Yep. Um, Mark Webb's very good at doing, you know, those sort of, you know, uh, relationship-based movies. Yeah, um, and you can see that shining through in this film, actually. For sure, for and sure. They, they should have stuck with it. Right. They used it intermittently, which is yes. probably not the best thing to do because that, for me, was the highlight of the film. Yeah. yeah. You can see where the studios come in and go on, Mark Webb, this is yeah. what we need. I, I want, you know, Green Goblin on right. crack. You know? <laughs> right, right. Herpes Green Goblin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and but to, to talk about Mark Webb, he has owned it. It's, and a lot of directors won't do that. He has said, like, look, the studio did want certain things to be done, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it was my decision and I went for it. Cool. So, yeah. like, mad respect to the guy because usually in that instance, the director would just be like, look, yeah. I was forced into doing these things. I wanted to tell a story that was, you know, I wanted to do this cut of the film and, you know... Are you, like, bashing on Zack Snyder right now? No, <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not. But, other, like, other directors will... Yeah. When, when movies become dumpster fires... It's easy to blame the studio, right? Exactly, because they're the evil executives and you, that only want money. And, and you're going to have your fans back you up because, you know, it's, it's Zack Snyder. Yeah. How could he ever do wrong? Right. Um, I'm using it as an example. Yeah, right? go for uh, it. Yeah, yeah it's the, okay. You know, it's, it's easy to just throw all of the blame onto a studio and, and have your fans back you up. Yeah. And like you said, credit to Mark Webb for just Owning taking it. the bullet, man. Like, you made 
not a good film. An okay film, not a good film. And 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 people know that it's not good and you, you took the bullet and you just just owned it. You owned it. Yeah. So you don't see that often. And I do think he does have things to be proud of in this film. The will mm-hmm. get to. Um, so, so yeah, obviously, you know, it's not like he should be embarrassed by the fact that he, he made this film, at least mm-hmm. in my opinion anyway. So yeah. let's go to some general thoughts, okay? This is the question that usually um, we start off with. It's usually quite an easy question, but um, for this one, it might be quite difficult. But um, would you recommend this film to someone who hasn't seen it? So we'll stay spoiler-free for now, but that's our first spoiler-free sort of question. I'm just trying to think if I recommended the first one. Um, are we talking about if the viewer hasn't seen the first one as well, or? Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit tricky, isn't it's it? It's a bit tricky. Well, yeah, I don't know. Give me, um, obviously, you're not going to recommend this to, like, you know, an older audience, mm-hmm. but, like, superhero fans, yeah. is this one to check out? Look, I think it's a lot more fun than I remember it being. And to be honest, I think it's more fun than the first, just because it's you know easy to just agree, hate. It's it's more vibrant. Yeah. Um, it's got brighter colors in it. It's more attractive. More things going on. More which, things going which, on. You know, is a, is a bit of a negative, but it does make things exciting. Yeah, yeah. You you always have something to look at, whereas the first film is more dark. Um, so yeah, I think this film's more. Uh, it's more fun, more enjoyable, even though you you kind of lose some you know credibility some basic some, story fabric yeah, yeah you know yeah what makes a film good you kind of lose that so yeah I, I would recommend it if i'm going to be completely honest i i had a fun time hating on it just picking apart right. all of the bad things about it and all of the good things about it because there's a, a lot of good in it as well yeah yeah i'll take that answer that's very nice very mm-hmm. nice for you to say I, obviously yeah i would recommend this to everyone it's sort of you know it wouldn't wouldn't be um in my character to not recommend this. I think, you know, uh, I don't disagree with a lot of the criticism that it gets. I obviously, we'll get to some of the things that I do agree in and disagree with. But mm-hmm. in terms of the movie itself, I think it's quite underrated or at least overhated. I think that's the better way to put it. Not underrated, overhated. overhated. Oh, yeah. that, that's the good one. I think the first one, underrated. Second mm-hmm. one, overhated. Okay. Um, because, yeah, I, there seems to be, you know, this sort of trend of if a comic book movie or a superhero movie is not fantastic, a lot of people will jump on. Yeah. But I think this film has a lot of redeeming qualities that certain other superhero movies simply lack. Um, but, uh, yeah, just like things like the relationship and, and the effects and mm-hmm. the music. And there's a lot of really good fundamental parts of this movie. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it just like sort of um, breaks down by injecting a bit too much in and, and not really delivering on a lot lots of things that it sets up. Yeah. But but yeah, I do think this is sort of over overhated and and the Spider-Man community obviously when I first you know realized that I loved this movie, I thought I was alone. Mm-hmm. But now that you know platforms like Instagram and stuff like I I've, I've really you know started following like Spider-Man accounts a lot of people really do like this franchise. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say like it's a cult classic or anything like that. It's far yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say like something like Man of Steel has, or Batman v Superman has become a cult classic. Okay. Um, in terms of like the fan following that it has. 
Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of diehard fans who really believe that that is one of the best movies mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Um, well, wow. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's the whole thing with cult classics. <laughs> How do know? these people exist? <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me, they do. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of the Spider-Man community, a lot of people um, especially enjoy at least Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. And that was a pleasant surprise to me yeah. because I yeah. thought it was just like, you know... Andrew sucks, the movies suck, you know, it's all bad. And I'm just, you know, here watching the movie by myself 25 times. (laughs) I think the Spider-Man community has, it's very separated, you know. Um, Everyone has their favorite Spider-Man and they stick with that Spider-Man. Right. You do that as well. You're no culprit of that. I'm Um, I'm very biased. Yeah. Um, Everyone's got their favorite. With me, though, it... You know, I'm always saying, you know, it, it says it right there. <laughs> Toby. Yeah. For the but, viewers, uh, I have a whiteboard in my um, room that is uh, yep. repeatedly graffitied by my <laughs> guests. Um, originally, I think it, I think it said uh, Andrew Garfield's best Spider-Man. Something what like I that. put up. Um, and then I changed it. And then, yeah, you, yeah. you vandalized it to say Andrew isn't or something. Yeah. And, um, and Heidi has since come in and written the Tom Holland is the best. And yep. so I've had to correct that. And <laughs> it's gone through multiple stages. Yeah. So, what what stage is that now, Jaden? Um, Tom Holland is is <laughs> Tom Holland isn't the best Spider Man. Andrew is the best, and my addition to it, Toby. Um, yeah. As I was saying, um, yeah, everyone has their favorite Spider Man, and I and I've always said, you know, Toby's my favorite, but I, I honestly need to rewatch the films to get like a solid right solid um answer to that because i love toby uh i love andrew sorry as spider-man i think he's great in the role and he adds a lot of emotional depth to it i also really like tom holland's portrayal of it even though you might not like it um hey civil war is one of my favorite mcu movies i quite like how he's he's very uh quippy he's very who andrew no uh tom holland um and his films homecoming more so than far from home it's very uh it's easy to watch you know it's easy to digest right so i i really like all of the spider-mans um but i'm not one to you know love one of them and right. you know praise it you're going to come out and deliberately hate on another one yeah yeah i, I kind of like all of their portrayals if i'm going to be honest um mm. but i need to rewatch all of the films again more so toby's trilogy uh, I really want to watch number three again because you no, no, you don't. You've said a lot of bad things about oh, goodness it. Goodness me, you don't want to watch that movie. What I'm trying to say here is that you know I think it's fair to give everyone a chance because for sure um, they each deliver something different to the role that yeah. you can appreciate. Um, and like I said, I think um, Andrew's portrayal is very emotional, and he, he's he's a good actor. You know, yeah, he's not just some superhero dude who does a bunch of superhero films. Right. He, he does established films as well. Yeah. Um, and he kind of brings that into the role, which I appreciate. Yeah. Okay, so st- saying, uh, staying spoiler-free at the moment, um, what did you think of the visuals mm-hmm. of this movie? Yeah, man. I mean, come on. The web swinging, right? <laughs> How did they, like, go down? Like, they went, okay, Toby's wasn't good. We all know that. <laughs> but also, it's... It, would have, you know, it's almost destined to be crap, you know. I mean, 2000, right? Or 2002. Somewhere around now, I think yeah. it's 2002. 2002, it, it's pretty good for the year. Yeah, sure. Um, 
So we can't really hit on that. Yeah. And then, oh, and then goodness come, me, it looks atrocious. Like, I, know, I know. It looks bad. <laughs> like the the freeze frame like background. Oh, and, oh it's it's bad. Yeah. Um, Yikes. Anyways, and then we come to Toby's films. Two thousand and twelve was the first. Andrew's films. Andrew's films. Two thousand and twelve was the first. Yeah. Yeah. Great web swing. Mm. Um, even more so in the second. I mean, come on. Goodness me. The shots are so good. And they feel real. The CGI yeah. feels real. The camera moves uh, in with, in a much more realistic fashion. I love the shots. Like there's some of those intro shots where we have like a camera mounted to his chest. Right. And then the first person view oh, sort the of GoPro is so good, man. Right. And then we come to 2016 Civil War. No. Uh, yeah. 2016 we see a bit of web swinging, but you know, yeah. 2017 Homecoming. He hardly does web swing. What happened, man? Yeah. <laughs> it's Spider-Man. Where's he web swinging? Yeah. Um, and I've always said the MCU has a problem with their CGI. It's just so bland. Um, but man, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 has so much charm about, you know, all of its CGI and web swinging. And, oh, it, it, it's, it really, it's really does beautiful. look beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it's it really is night and day the difference you mm-hmm. know you put this movie in on 4k and and you will like if you sat the person down and said this movie came out last year i believe them mm-hmm. like it if just they, looks that yeah, good if they said it came out this year i believe them. yeah it's still relevant right yeah oh it doesn't look outdated at all yeah, it holds up mm. and i think it will for some time for yep. at least like another 10 years i mean if we've got 20 when did um, Far From Home come out? 2018? 2019. Yeah. If it's looking like that in 2019, I think this is going to stand around for a bit. It's know? evolving just backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, I let's try not to hate um, or, or to draw upon the other Spidey films as much. But look, I think I think the comparison is due for, for the bad example because yeah. you can see the green screen... Because it's not like he's actually swinging through New York in this movie. It is green screen. Mm-hmm. But it just looks so much better. I know. They must have had more time. The, the, the departments must have been more focused and, and mm-hmm. detailed. I'm not sure, man. Maybe they filmed the movie quicker and so had more time in post-production. Or maybe the MCU movies are just so so quick yeah. you know, in terms of... How they're executed. Something's going on there. Maybe right? it's the directors or the directors of photography. I, th- I think it's just the MCU likes to punch out like a bunch of films. Just get right. them out there because people are going to watch them no matter what. And, you know, people don't pay attention to the CGI and the and the web swinging. They just want character development and action and yeah, know, and they want to see what the Marvel next. Universe. Yeah. They want to see the next installment. Right. Um, yeah, it's a shame that people don't appreciate a film for these type of things um because that's what redeems a film for me it's you know it's the music it's it's the cgi it's the acting um right and you know if, if we have bad storytelling and bad villains in there mm. yeah that's going to detract from my sure. rating but there's going to be things that pick it back up um and yeah it's, it's a shame that people don't appreciate the marvel films and pay attention to that in the mcu right. They just forget about the CGI and they want, I want villains. And, sure, yeah. sure. Um, in terms of the acting, mm-hmm. um, obviously I think, again, Andrew Garfield, fantastic performance. Mm-hmm. Emma Stone, bloody love her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love her. 
Uh, who else? Jamie Foxx. Whoa. <laughs> Look, Jamie Foxx, he's definitely given the worst material. Yeah. But I, I feel like he had at least some fun in the role. You know, he, it's, he, <laughs> he, it's not like he sort of cowered away from the role. He, it's kind think of, like of the I'm... scene, think of the scenes where, you know, he was in the mirror shaving, talking, yeah. talking to Spider-Man in his head and yeah. having a fake conversation with himself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, he's not half asking it, you know, he's really, he's really doing it. He, he's committing to it. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a stupid villain, like at least com- like commit to yeah. it, you yeah. know? You don't want to try to make a bad villain look good, right? Because then people are yeah. just going to make fun of you. Just go along with it. Yeah. People are going to hate the performance, but at least you won't look like as much of an idiot as you tried to make a bad villain good. Right. It's it's like I was going to say, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger with... um Not Dr. Freeze? With Dr. Freeze. Yeah. It, it's so bad. Right, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Any, any of the other standout acting performances from you in terms of the positives or negatives, any? Um... Look, I didn't mind Dane DeHaan, actually. I think he was pretty good. Um, but, you know, like you said, Andrew and... Um, Emma. 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 Andrew and Emma just absolutely carry this film across the finish line. They carry the whole entire franchise. Yeah, they've, like, got it on their backs and they're just moving along. How good is Sally Field, mate? Oh, I completely forgot about Sally Field. Sally Field, the undisputed hero of mm-hmm. these two movies. Because I was just about to say, Andrew and Emma have been carrying this franchise another... Person popped into my head, Sally Field. Sally Field. She's yep. always there. She's in the first one, big player in the first one. Has less to do in the second one. Mm-hmm. But when she is on screen, very impactful, very important. Get Spider-Man into the right mood to do some Spider-Maning. Yep. Um, and also isn't afraid to, you know, have a chat with him, sit down, really open up with, with the Peter Parker character. Yep. yep. I think the uh, on-screen chemistry between Sally Field and Andrew Garfield was quite good, especially in some of the funny moments. Really good, yeah. Yeah. All right, Um, we're going to go one more, one more general topic. Uh, Sound. How did you find the sound? How did I find the sound? Yeah. So in terms of you know the music and but also like you know the special effects and everything like that. Where do I start, man? Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Oh. And Junkie XL. Junkie XL. How about that? So good, man. Um, I've always loved the Amazing Spider-Man 2 theme with the electric guitar. Right. Oh, it's so beautiful. It is. Um, yeah, probably one of the best superhero themes I've heard in quite some time. I'd say the same, yeah. Yeah. It, it beats a lot of the MCU stuff. It's just so forgettable. I'm, I'm sorry. That I, know, <laughs> I know you said don't bash on the MCU, but I'm going to do it, man. Um it's hard not to compare. Yeah, and, and the sound design, uh, again, it's really, really good. Um, it's crisp. Uh, not much to say other than, you know, near perfect. How'd you find electro sounds? Electro sounds. I think his themes are really good as well. Yeah, um, yeah all, all of the themes are really good. And, you know, on most of our podcasts, um, more, more so the recent ones, you're, you're always talking about the themes. And I'm kind of always saying, you know... Uh, I, I didn't really pay attention to it. Right. But no, I, I really paid attention to this one. Um, the intro scene, absolutely loved the, the music kind of swelling up. Right. Um, and I mean, I, I rewatched the ending scene quite a lot on YouTube. And I think, you know, the final when he's swinging around the manhole. Are we in spoiler territory? Yet? Not yet. Not yet? Okay. Um, not really a spoiler, but... <laughs> but towards the end of the film, the music does really Towards swell the end up. of the film, man. And then you Hunting have like, the, the spider logo like, come in. Yeah. 
yeah, I think the music was really good. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, we do have separate themes. You know, there there is an Andrew Emma theme. You know, there's the Peter and Gwen theme. There's the Harry. So Harry has his own theme. Mm-hmm. Um, Electro has his own theme. Rhino even has his own sort of you know sort of Electro esque, but but slightly different theme. And you can tell that's Hans Zimmer. That's what he does. You know, he will yep. come in. He'll say, okay, this is what Batman's going to sound like. This is what Superman's going to sound like. This is what Wonder Woman's going to sound like. Junkie XL, you did the rest. <laughs> it's so funny, hey? Like, he Hans Zimmer has created so many iconic superhero themes. When you right. think of, like, a superhero now, you just mm. associate that theme with them. Yeah. And, my God, imagine, like, being Hans Zimmer and just having that prestige about you. Like, Yeah, he, he's, done, he's done Batman. He's done I'd, Superman. I'd feel so proud of myself to be able to, you know have people know a superhero for that theme right so cool man he's done the most iconic ones because he yeah. has done the nolan batman the superman i mean he's done like the biggest superheroes ever yeah. like ever wonder woman yeah. spider-man that's the top four top i think four. like yeah. and you know nowadays it would be iron man also did iron that man's one. up there he also did he's that also one. Done. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah i look he's done the best and honestly this man is a god yeah. and um we won't stop praising him that's yeah. for sure. Okay, let's get into some spoiler territory now. So if you have not seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2, we're going to get into some spoilers now. We both re- would recommend you go check out the film. Mm. All right. Spoilers. Let's start at the very, very beginning. First frame of this film, the first shot of this film is a watch. Mm-hmm. Ticking watch. We see the, the, the hands go up. Foreshadowing the end. Yeah, obviously to do with a bell tower, but also gives us one of our themes of, of the film. And I'll just go on a bit of an uh, intellect- intellectual rant, rant here. Yeah. Okay? There's two themes in this film. And, and it's interesting because a lot of these sorts of movies don't really have, um, you know, very distinctive themes. But there's two, okay? So the first one is time, okay? Mm-hmm. No one can stop time. Um, Another great theme by Hans Zimmer, might I add. <laughs> <laughs> things will... Um, Life will progress. Not, no one can really, you know, no one can stop it. No yep. one can stop things from happening. Yep. That's the first theme, okay? Second theme is hope, mm-hmm. okay? Spider-Man is continually referenced throughout the movie as a symbol of hope. Um, it's referenced by, by Peter Parker himself, says, I like to think he gives people hope. Harry Osborn says, you don't give people hope, you take it away. And, and Aunt May says, oh, you know, People don't have anything to hope for anymore. Yeah. So we have two themes, right? Um, time, no one can stop time, hope. Big hard hitters come in at the end, mm. but set up in that first shot for time. The first the first theme there. They utilize, <clears throat> they utilize the themes really well, actually. Um, like you said, they set them up at the, the beginning. Right. And then they, they kind of harken back to that at the end. Um, and like you're probably going to go on to say, like the bell with the right. Yes, yeah, so that's tower. that's another. You know. Yeah, you you told me about that, and I paid attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. When when we do get over and done with with that parents bit at the very start, bell hits, and it's the same bell that we hear at the end. Yeah. Oh, it's just cruel how it you know it foreshadows. Mm. You know, it's because Gwen Stacy, she's a doomed character. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, if you're sitting in that theater and you know the history of Gwen Stacy, like she's basically made to die. Like that's yeah, that's the yeah. thing about that's the character. character. Yeah, yeah, and and that brings out something in in, in Spider Man. You know, it gives him a lesson and 
And Stanley's often said that like Gwen Stacy is Peter Parker's sort of true love, mm-hmm. and then MJ is sort of like the, the well, obviously you know another love of Spider Man. Yeah. But yeah, Gwen Gwen Stacy always sort of gives Peter that sort of that scar, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so it's a very real consequence. And yeah, they're just so brutal with it in this movie. Mm. They give it to you from the get go. It's like, mm. okay, time has started. Like, ding. It, it started. It's ticking. It's uh, yeah, it's a bit rough. Um, but to go back to that parents monologue, mm. what did you think about just the entire inclusion of that story with the parents? A lot of people criticize it heavily. Yeah. Um, in terms of Peter Parker's parents and what happened to them. It, it, it just could have done without it, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, it didn't need it. Uh, because and, and, you know, mainly because there's so much already gone going on in the film. So they, they could have cut other things and kept it in and it would have worked well. Um, but in terms of the time frame that they had, they didn't need it whatsoever. It was just right. kind of meaningless. Um, like, I think Sally Field could have carried that whole parental department on her own I, right. I really liked her in the film and and i wish they had more of her if i'm going to be completely honest i liked her in the first i liked her even more in the second so yeah they probably should have stuck with that and continued with that because that was great um but yeah in, in terms of the whole opening with the with the plane it was just it was just pretty bad yeah pretty insane action sequence by the way mm. for like a this is like Spider-Man's dad. Yeah. He's a scientist. Yeah, yeah. He's just some <laughs> ordinary dude, right? <laughs> he's like in a fist fight with this like extremely dedicated agent. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote down, right? This is what I wrote down, okay. So they're fighting over this um, this computer. He's uploading his work to, to this Roosevelt sort of like data center. Yep. He's uploading it on the plane and um, God knows how he still has Wi-Fi when the plane gets sort of like blown <laughs> to pieces. But... Um, but regardless, right, so this agent shows up, turns out this agent is of Norman Osborne, so he's an enemy. He's going to try to stop um, Richard from uploading the data. Yep. And the plane... Can, can I just jump in? Sorry. Yeah, go for it. Um, wh- when I was watching this, the first thing I wrote down is, what are they uploading? Right. So this, this interesting just kind of throws you like a bunch of things, like right. he's, he's uploading something. There's this guy on the plane that's trying yeah. to kill him, and it's like... What's happening? I haven't yeah. been told anything, yeah, okay. man. Like, and then you know later on you learn about it, um, and it's, it's that and, video, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all to do with that video and how you know he is the um, what they're kind of looking for, right? But at the start, I was just so lost, man. Like, so much is going on, and I just for sure I, I couldn't remember anything, um, mainly because I haven't watched this film in so many years. Mm. But like, they don't introduce you to anything, and that's just. That's like a big no in filmmaking. You right. don't do that. Like it, right. And you can do a bit of mystery. Like, you know, at the start of The Dark Knight, for yeah. example, you don't really know who the Joker is. You can still make an entertaining opening scene. Yeah. But we sort of already, like, the, we care about the Joker because he's the Joker. I know. Like, no one knows who this scientist is and this yeah. dude with a pistol. Like. Yeah. I, I feel like they locked themselves in a corner here because they sort of set it up in the first one. They sort of, you know, hinted at you know, Norman Osborn is alive in the first one. That's the whole reason why um, Dr. Connors is working on the lizard DNA. Mm -hmm. Because you know how that guy came in, the black suit guy came in and he's like, if you don't do this, we're going to shut you down. Norman Osborn is dying. Oh, yep, yep. 
so they sort of they set it up and you, they sort of had to deliver but yeah i don't know it's always a bit boring yeah yeah a lot of people really really don't like it and to be honest i think it's fine like it doesn't really you know it doesn't really bother me mm-hmm. like sure keep it in it's interesting it's something we haven't seen before peter parker's parents have always just like mysteriously not been alive yeah so it's nice to know at least why they died you know, it's nice to sort of have that mystery solved. In and, this. I, and I think you're a lot more, you know, you want you want the explanation. You want the, the story behind it. And it it kind of follows through into the MCU Spider-Man where, you know, you want to see Ben Parker because that's right. an essential part of Spider-Man's storyline. That's who he is. So, yeah, it, it's no surprise that you wanted this stuff in the film because, yeah, it is essential to, to Peter Parker mm-hmm. as, as an individual. I mean, it's his parents, so... yeah. It's a big part of him, yeah. Yeah, just to go back to that really incredibly dedicated agent who's on the plane <laughs> fighting them. Like, I don't care what's on that laptop and what this guy's being paid to be up there, but it's not worth that much. No, no. Like, this plane is falling apart and things are blowing up. They're all going to die. And mm-hmm. he's still, the only thing he cares about is that laptop. Yeah, it's like he has a personal, like, <laughs> goal to do it. Though. If I die, I don't care. I need to get this laptop. <laughs> It is insane how dedicated he is. I'm like, bro, yeah. just like grab a parachute and just jump out, man. Yeah. Like they're all going to die anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bit ridiculous. So, so he has a gun, right? And, yeah. and I think his dad, Richard, ends up getting the gun somehow. Um, or I might have been wrong. Yeah, he gets the gun. He gets the gun. Yeah. And so he then, shoots the window. So he's, he's pointing at the dude or he's pointing at the window. Yeah. Why didn't he shoot him? <laughs> Why didn't he shoot the guy? Why didn't he shoot the guy? Save his wife, save, you know, the mother. Yeah. And then fly I think the plane I down. Think I think the mom was already dead. But either thing. way, like... It, you definitely shoot the guy. Maybe it's shoot the guy. Maybe it's because he knows it's a Spider-Man film where he can't, you know. Oh, I, I remember watching that. I was like... He pointed at his wife what? at one stage. Pointed the gun at his wife and then he moves it a bit to the left to shoot the window. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, mate, I think the plane's already going down. I don't think smashing the window is going to make it go any faster. There's just so many, like... What the hell moments? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, bad, just bad moments in general. Like, yeah, there's so yeah. many really good moments. Right. And then, oh my God. Like, okay. so many of these moments okay, just quickly, let's piss me off. Let's move on. <laughs> let's get to the actual Spider-Man part of the movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, insane first action sequence. Um, obviously we get that bell, get mm-hmm. the Spider-Man symbol, transitions into Spider-Man, free falling um, yep. out of the sky. God knows how he got up there so high, but he's falling down. <laughs> he's falling down. And um, That's such a good point. <laughs> I like to think a heli- that helicopter that we see later on gave him like a big... He like swung up. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, and they just gave him a lift because we see Spider-Man gets a lift on I mean, various people. like lift himself up yeah he can always just like shoot himself yeah. really high in the air sure. who knows i mean it's spider-man maybe he has a private jet yeah um and so he's falling from the sky incredible swinging yep. great music yep. it's like oh this is superhero action i love it mm-hmm. uh alexis savage <laughs> i am the rhino he's like oh make way for alexis savage <laughs> God, like he man. literally says, I am Alexis Savage. Like, he says his name. He's <laughs> like in I, the car. No one can hear it. He's just going, like, 
it's um it's funny. And he's just sitting in his car, like driving, like thinking, "I am Alexis." <laughs> it's like uh, it really is like a movie in a movie. It's, it's like so it's like someone was like, "Okay, you need to introduce yourself here, so we know who you are." Yeah, it's like he knows he's in the movie. <laughs> he's like, okay, "People don't performance. know who I am yet, so I need to say my name." <laughs> That's how storytelling goes, right, yeah, guys? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I th- the incredible swinging, uh, yeah. the music's really uplifting and Spider-Man's doing front flips and back flips and everything's like really exciting. And so I think everything really works. For me, the villain works because it's just bloody hilarious. It's like, just stupid. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Spider-Man is not sort of a character that should be given like those, um, m- more of like the Nolan-esque treatment of like, you know, the realistic you know, down to earth because like we have Electro, we yep. have Green Goblin. Like, I mean, com- like come on, like his villains aren't serious. If you look at exactly. the comics, they're all wearing like Halloween costumes. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like while the Tasm series did make it more realistic, it made it more realistic in in the sort of the human aspect. You know, yep. it 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 doesn't sort of say just because we're gonna invest more in in the human side of the characters. Uh, doesn't mean the villains are going to be any less stupid than they were previously. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I have a serious problem with the rhino, but it's just fun at the same time. Yeah. Like, the character's just absolutely stupid, and, I mean, it's yeah. played by, like, a horrendous... <laughs> it's no it's, it's played by actor. a British actor, so he's putting on a Russian accent. It, it's so bad. Why did they make him a Russian mobster? Like, <laughs> come on. It just seems a bit too much. Like, they just underuse the character so much, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I hate it. It just comes in at the beginning and the end. But, like, why even put it in there? You know, they were just putting it in there just to set up the Sinister Six. Like, they needed the Rhino. Right. So, we'll put him here and here and kind of make it look like it's a complete storyline. But it's not. It's missing the whole middle section. Yeah, yeah. The whole middle, he's in prison. Yeah. Just chilling. Somehow. and But his suit's in Norman Osborn's basement. Yeah, but they, they break him out and they give him the suit. Okay. Yeah. Who breaks him out? Fierce. Fierce. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oscorp. Yeah. Oscorp. Yeah. Right. Goodness me. Where are we now? Knock, knock, Mr. Criminal. That was funny. I'm sorry, but this is the funniest Spider-Man in yeah. terms... Andrew Garfield is really good at the quips, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I, look, I don't think there's any debate to be it's had. It's an essential part of Spider-Man. Um, yeah. I think the dialogue from him was pretty good in this yeah. film. Mm. Hey, you can call me Webhead. You can call me ama- <laughs> Amazing. Just don't call me late for dinner. Do you yeah. get it? <laughs> I hated all of the Amazing, like... Amazing drops. Oh, God. They should bad. call you the Amazing Spider. So bad. Yeah, it's like, haha, get it? Because that's the title. Bro, when the truck was going through like the, the intersections, right. it was like flinging cars. <laughs> People are in those cars, bro. <laughs> They're dead. It's all like happy go lucky Spider Man's making jokes and everything. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like, I hope there's no one driving that car. Oh, no, someone would be driving yeah, that car. Yeah, it's like, knock, knock, Mr. Criminal. Uh, <laughs> grandma's over here dead lying on the street. <laughs> That's so funny. So, and then you'd have like, imagine if this was a Batman movie. People are like, oh my god, you say like Batman doesn't kill? <laughs> he just killed like 17 people. <laughs> uh, you know, it's good stuff. Look, I mean, we're 50, 50 minutes in, we haven't gotten past the first act yet. <laughs>
<laughs> we can just skip the whole middle section. <laughs> um, Spider-Man saving Max. Look, I have to mention this bit. Um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man takes time out of his incredibly busy schedule to fight criminals. Yep. Like, to pick up this pedestrian who he's never met before. Mm-hmm. And the pedestrian's like, you, how did, why did you save me? I'm a nobody. And then he actually takes the time to actually tell him that you do mean something. Yep. Like, it's going to be okay. Sort of like that reassuring nature of superheroes. And I feel like that little moment there mm-hmm. is the perfect, absolute perfect sort of symbol of what a superhero is. Yep. Not only to people in the universe of Spider-Man, so like the people in this world, the Tasm world, mm-hmm. but also us watching superheroes. Like yep. that's why we watch them because they make us feel like everything's going to be okay. Empowered. Exactly. Yep. Right. And yeah, so that moment for me is just one of the most incredible, like one of the best sort of superhero moments. Like it's not, you know, like a huge action action sequence or yeah. a part where, you know, he lifts Thor's hammer or, or whatever, you know. It's just a pedestrian, you mean something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he, he does it with the kid later on as well, but it's the strength of this Spider-Man, you know, there's little moments. His right? strength comes from the people, you know, the, right. the people of New York is what make him... A superhero without that i mean what have you got you're yeah. not really a superhero who are you saving um but yeah i agree i think that was a really really wholesome moment with mm-hmm. max um and to be honest i don't really mind max as his what would you even call it like human form yeah right <laughs> um his alter ego yeah you know his his character's a bit you know he's he's got questionable dialogue and it gets a bit annoying at times, but I, I enjoy it a lot more than, you know, him as Electro. For sure. I quite like, you know, him being the vulnerable Max who, you know, he, he's he's always just kind of degraded and people don't recognize him. He's always just kind of by himself. Yeah. Um, uh, and I quite like that character trait about mm. him. It's just a shame that they made him like some blue dude who has anger issues. Right, yeah. yeah. i got so much anger. <laughs> It's my birthday. Oh, I'm going to light candles. my candles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Um, how good is it when Spider-Man um, gets hit by a car and the car keeps going? <laughs> so <laughs> pick this up, right? Yeah, so... Stop the car. <laughs> yeah, so Spider-Man's in the road at the end of this action sequence mm-hmm. and he sees that there's a car coming and he does like this funny scream and he gets hit by the car mm-hmm. and the car just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Surely if you... If you run into Spider-Man, you'd stop. Yeah. But... I mean, who was driving the car? A police officer, I assume. It was a police car. <laughs> they, they have some questions. Yeah. <laughs> questioning. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, secretly, like, hating Spider-Man. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, i got to make this look like an accident. It's like, hired by Osborne. And just, like, keep going. And Spider-Man's, like, on the phone. And they just keep driving him. <laughs> it's got, like, a personal vendetta against him. <laughs> it's like, he killed his wife who was in one of those cars. <laughs> <laughs> One of the cars from the beginning. It's like, like the guy's like inside. Like what you don't see is the guy inside the car, and he's like, "Spider Man, you kill my wife. <laughs> I'm gonna kill." Her. Uh, yeah, I I thought that was just like a brief lapse of logic from. There's a lot of uh, the plot movie. holes in this, isn't there? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not really a plot hole per se, but like, it's just something that could easily have been tweaked, fixed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they did stop and then we just didn't see it, but... Or, or even if, like, Spider-Man, like, swings away. Like, Spider-Man was just kind of hanging there. Like, yeah, yeah. 
know. It's kind of funny though that like yeah. he's on like on the front of a car and he's talking to Gwen on the phone. But <clears> yeah, I don't know. Um, Peter and Gwen's chemistry, we see that sort of come in really well when not when they're just when they're on the phone, but then mm-hmm. also after after the graduation ceremony. We also see a bit of um, Captain Stacy in in those sort of ghost forms. What did you think of that? Did you did did that add to the sort of the story element for you of the guilt and the guilt factor or anything like that? Um, again, you know they they could have done it a lot better, right? And it's an interesting mechanic, um, and I appreciate them for trying to do it. It just didn't work for me. It was okay. it was more weird than it was, you know, right. emotional and kind of helping the story. It was it it didn't need it. Um, it could have just stood alone, as it's just a standard action superhero film. Right. Um, yeah, bringing in the whole Stacy's Gwen. Oh, what's his name? Mister Captain Stacy. Captain Stacy. Yeah. Bringing in Captain Stacy. And, you know, I, I was thinking, actually, because, you know, a lot of people probably hadn't seen the first film, you especially, so imagine right. you watching this for the first time, like, yeah. who is yeah. this guy? Um, mm. And a lot of people just tend to watch superhero films when they come out in cinemas and they have no connection to the previous films. Right. So it, it's it's probably got a lot of the audience thinking, you know, who the hell is that? Mm. And, yeah, it, it worked not as well as I would have hoped it would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. I think it was a bit like in your face, like it's a bit, could have probably been dealt with with a bit more subtlety, you mm-hmm. know? I think you could easily have gone a bit more from perhaps like Captain Stacy's wife, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like maybe instead of this ghost, maybe Peter does go to sit down with that family for, for dinner. Yep. And maybe Captain Stacy's wife is a bit like cold to him or yeah. something, yeah, you yeah. know? Yep. That would be interesting. Because yep. then that's real world ramifications, you know. Um, Peter tries to connect with Gwen, mm-hmm. but then Gwen's mum is is sort of like taking that role of like you're bad, like I don't want you. Yeah. Oh, but then she doesn't know that Peter's Spider Man, does yeah. she? So it, it, they just kind of they set it up in the first film, and they kind of felt obligated to continue it, and like you said, it's just a trap of filmmaking. You get into this right. sort of groove of it. And you feel like you, you kind of have to deliver it now because you've mm. set it up. But a lot of the times you don't have to. I mean, it could just quite as easily be left as Captain Stacy, you know, saying, cut Gwen out of your life. Yeah. And then Spider-Man, without Captain Stacy interfering, he's facing his own self-torment of right. whether he should be, you know, um, whether he should be uh, deciding to stay with Gwen or mm. or cut her out. Yeah, I think he That'll can do that himself. Enough. Yeah, I yeah. think you can easily get Aunt May in and be like, Aunt May, I'm struggling with this. I, yeah. you know, but then it is really hard because of this whole secret identity situation. You know. Yeah. Perhaps maybe you know halfway through the film, Aunt May should have just been like, I know Spider Man, mate. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. like let's talk about what what is right and wrong in the situation because we need somebody else for Peter to express that guilt because mm-hmm. it is a really interesting aspect of the film and yeah having sort of Captain Stacy's sort of stern ghost appear every now and then mm-hmm. he only appears sort of like at the start and then he comes in right at the end as well yep and so he's sort of like oh he's coming back she's gonna die like yeah, yeah so I don't know but that brings me to another thing just mentioning Sally Field just then after sort of the opening scene, we get the uh, 
your face is filthy. I was cleaning the chimney. We have we don't have a chimney sort of scene, and oh, that's so funny. It cracks me up at the time. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the the chemistry between Sally Field and uh, Andrew Garfield for the funny scenes, but also for the the emotional scenes? Um, it works both ways. I think they're very very well on screen together. They have great chemistry, like you said. Mm. Um, man, I, I actually really like Sally Field as Aunt May. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, she. I'm not going to say she alone carries the emotional aspect of the film, but she does carry a lot of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, she just does a fantastic job as this, you know, this this sort of parental role for, for Peter Parker. Not right. Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we just need Peter Parker. We don't need Spider-Man. We need Peter Parker. Mm. And... For you know, just for Peter Parker to go home and and talk to his aunt, I, I honestly quite like that a lot more than Electro flying around and killing dudes. Yeah, that's what's interesting to me of this film, mm. and it, it it's a shame that the the company just decided to cram all of these supervillains into one film and forget about what made the first film so good. Um, and that's just a continuing error that these films have. Um, the first film, the villain didn't work for me at all. I thought right. it was pretty bad. And the second film, even more so, just... I mean, you've got three of them, and they're all just pretty bad as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I said on my review of the first, if if the film can only be as good as its antagonist, and in this case, it's it's not good, so... Yeah. It's it's such an incredible difference between the protagonist, like how Spider-Man is, is portrayed and performed and mm-hmm. how his love interest is portrayed and performed. Yeah. And then it's like you switch to a different movie when you go to an Electro-only scene exactly. or an Electro and Harry scene. You don't have anyone saying, oh my God, um, Electro fan base over here. Like, yeah, yeah. No one's saying that, man. Yeah. Like, no one wants him back for No Way Home. No offense to yeah. Jamie Foxx. Right. No one wants that betrayal back because it just yeah, it didn't is, work in this film. It is odd. Yeah. Uh, they they want it to... To bring in the aspect of the multiverse. They don't want Jamie Foxx. They don't want Jamie Foxx's Electro. They want the multiverse. Right. And the way that they know the multiverse is going to happen is if Jamie Foxx comes back. Right. So it's, it's not that they want Electro. They want the concept uh, okay. of the multiverse. Right. Yeah. So you think Electro holds the key to the multiverse somehow? No, 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 no. Uh, that was just more so... Um, you know, this character from this franchise is coming oh, right, into here. Right, so they so have it's to bring confirming someone the multiverse. Yeah, I yeah. think they should have just taken Dane DeHaan then. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, it's it's yeah. Dane I mean, maybe DeHaan. They will. I think is better. Yeah, but and he's also alive at the end of the film. Exactly. <laughs> That's a big Why thing like too. It's a big yeah. thing too, isn't it, in John Watts when characters die? Yeah, so you just bring back all the dead ones. <laughs> No one ever really dies. No one's ever really gone. Oh. Didn't you hear Luke Skywalker say that in Rise of Skywalker? No one's ever really gone. That makes me cry. There are no consequences <laughs> here. All right. Um, uh, I love the breakup transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they break up, Spider-Man sort of, uh, I mean, Peter Parker, sorry. He sort of like walks away, he's sort of sad. Uh, it turns into a bit of a run. It seems like he's a bit frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then straight from there, we get some... Spider-Man on top of a building, running really fast, jumps off. And you can sort of 
you know, why that works for me, one is two, because, oh my God, that jumping off scene is you so love that scene, bloody man. beautiful, man. Yeah. It, how the camera follows him down is so yeah. cool. And sort of like an over-the-shoulder shot of him jumping off the building. Um, but also it works from the Peter Parker aspect. You know, he's just been dumped by, you know, the lovers of, of his life. So he's really frustrated. And what does he do? He takes it out yeah. on, like, in through his Spider-Man character. Like, he does yeah. that to, to a sort of release. And I love that sort of the contrast of the of the mask, you know, these masked heroes, you know, the Bruce Wayne. Mm. You know, what is the mask of Bruce Wayne? Is it is it Bruce Wayne or is it Batman? Like, what's his true form? Yep. And then you have the Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Like, I love that sort of dynamic and that scene where he gets, like, delivered a gut punch, like, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And then he just runs off a building and jumps straight off like he has no care in the world for his safety. Just bangs, goes for it. And yep. then he's saving everyone. Yep. I don't know. I really like that dynamic as well with the superheroes. Not even superheroes. I mean, just to bring up like a really random one here, Patrick Bateman as well. Okay. He kind of gets confused as to, you know, whether he's this businessman or whether he's right. this absolutely brutal, murdering, yeah, psychotic yeah. man. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's played by Christian Bale as well. And to mention Christian Bale as the Batman, yeah. he, he also gets confused as to whether he's Batman who wears masks and saves people, saves people, or is this multi-billionaire who, billionaire playboy who, who doesn't really do anything. He's just, you know, he's just Bruce Wayne. Right. Um, and with this, I think it worked really well. Um, the contrast between. The contrast between yeah. them. Um, because if, if you just stayed the whole film as Spider-Man, um, you're going to get sick of Spider-Man. There's right. such thing as too much Spider-Man. <laughs> Admit it, is there it? is. Um, <laughs> you, you need some Peter Parker in it. Oh, and, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I think um, Peter Parker is the best part, isn't he? Yeah, I, I absolutely love this humanized version of of Spider Man. I mean, it, it's just so good to just see a Spider Man put down on Earth sometimes, a right. superhero rather, just a superhero interacting with people and just being like one of us. Yeah, you know, taking everyone, the time to talk yeah. to some person who he's never met before. Yeah, and the person saying. What, what, why did you save me? I'm a nobody. Nobody cares about me. Mm. Spider-Man says, no, I care about you. Yeah. Like you're, you're the key. You're my eyes and ears out here. You have a purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go save this person now. See you later. Yeah. Off he goes. Superheroes. Mm. Pretty awesome stuff. All right. Uh, moving onwards. Uh, I was watching the American flag. Great <laughs> laugh. Got a laugh from the audience here. Um, between me and Jaden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Harry's theme is great. Obviously, now we get the sort of introduction of Harry's character. How did you um, find... I know you've mentioned Dane DeHaan. Mm-hmm. How did you find the Harry Osborne character? You know, so not... So the sort of, you know, kicked out by his dad and sort of coming back into this business world and he's got to sort of figure it out. Like, how did you find the Harry Osborne character? Um, just to start it off, I found it quite interesting how they decided to go with Harry Osborn over Norman Osborn. Right. Because obviously Norman Osborn is more known to be, you know, Green Goblin. Um, and, and when you kind of put it against Electro, um, in, in the comics, I don't read many comics, so I'm not quite sure, but the comics, Electro and Green Goblin are kind of, uh, you know, this of the same age. 
um, that is Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin. So it's it's kind of confusing when you bring oh, in this right. younger version of Green Goblin who okay. is the same age as Electro. It's a bit of a weird confusion. Right. Um, but moving past all that, I, I actually really like Dane DeHaan's portrayal of the Green Goblin. Um, I think he did a lot with what he was given. He has this sort of sinister aspect, brooding, right. dark. Um, like I mentioned, some of the scenes with him turning into the Green Goblin, mm. I couldn't watch it. It was just... Not not this time around, but when I was, you know, however old I was, seven years ago, 12 years old, yeah. that stuff was brutal, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's quite horrible. Yeah, I, I couldn't watch it. And yeah, I, I, I think that was a very smart choice when you compare it to, um, oh, what's his name? James Franco. The, uh, no, the Norman. What do you mean? Who's the older one in Spider-Man? Willem Dafoe? Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Yeah. Like when you compare his costume oh, to... Oh, goodness me. To this... Well, Which one do you, you like more? Do you like the um, more realistic I have a disease Green Goblin or do you like the Power Ranger suit? Yeah, I mean, the Power Ranger one's pretty hideous. <laughs> <laughs> they're not really... They're both pretty bad. Um, yeah. But I, what I, I you quite... do differently? Yeah, they're very, very different. Yeah. Um, I quite like how this one... Uh, in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, incorporated the disease into right, it. Right. Yeah. Like the first one's just this dude wearing a green costume. <laughs> like, yeah, and he's got like he does get injected with stuff. Yeah, there's just a lot of problems when it comes to like <laughs> introducing the costume in this. It's one. such a stupid villain. I don't know how it's yeah. the most popular Spider-Man villain. I don't know. Like, because I know it's that, and then it's Venom. Bizarre. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe Willem Dafoe just like made it iconic, and it's just sort of been yeah. since like. <laughs> There's there's a scene um from the the film. <laughs> I'll get into it when we ever do it on the podcast. But like, there's this final scene, and uh, <laughs> when he goes, oh yeah, <laughs> you know the exact one. <laughs> it's so bad, um, it's so bad that it's good. what? <laughs> oh, he's so meme worthy. It's so funny. It's yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. But this is completely different. You know, this something is... of a side. <laughs> Yeah, that's more of like, you know, complete cheese fest. Yeah. Whereas this is like, they wanted to try and do like this diseased person who's who's sort of got, gotten paranoid that, that they're going to die from this disease. So mm-hmm. so what sort of lengths do they go to try to cure themselves? Yep. Which is quite a deep topic when you think about it. But um, in terms of the disease aspect, his father died quite old. And so, Harry, you've got a few years to figure it out, mate. Like, yeah. you don't... It seems like he was told that he was going to die, like, in a year. Yeah, he's just really anxious about it. Right. And look, you would be if you didn't know. And perhaps, you know, he's young, so he's going to be a bit more anxious. Yeah. And his father sort of just, like, left him behind to deal yeah. with it, which is yeah. kind of a dog move. But <laughs> I guess he didn't have control over it. That was brutal, way. Eh? He's like, guess what? It's genetic. Yeah. <laughs> like... And then the next scene is like, I see ya. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead now. Yeah. Right. Deal with it. Yeah. Oh, bizarre. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really like Dane Jahan though. Mm. I much green. preferred him as just Harry Osborne. Harry Osborne, yeah. His, his Green Goblin was just not as good. Right, um, yeah. And yeah, how he had this sort of, sort of psychotic aspect going on with him, like kind of uh, jokery sort of, thing going on like i don't know it didn't really work with me and how he's like 
just like his his posture and how he moved about and yeah I, I much preferred him as this just this lonely teenager just trying to figure out what he's doing with right. his life and just trying to become you know what his father wants him to be he wants to live up to the norman osborne right. osborne name I prefer to much as that rather than this just generic villain. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think the scenes where Harry Osborne is chatting to Peter Parker, I think those scenes are really quite strong. Great scenes, yeah. Especially when, you know, Harry realizes that he's going to need Spider-Man's blood to cure him, or at least he thinks so. Mm-hmm. And so he sort of tells Peter, he's like, you know him. I need you to go and find him. Yeah. And, and Peter sort of, you know, is dealing with that. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think he's better than the other guy who plays uh, Harry Osborn. By the way, uh, BJ Novak, Ryan yeah. from The Office. Ryan from The Office is in the movie. What? <laughs> he's one of those castings where it's like, I'm sorry, mate, but you can't work in movies ever again. Honestly, yeah. everyone from The Office, like, um, I, know, I know you've watched A Quiet Place recently with John Krasinski, mm-hmm. so Jim from The Office. But like, there's some roles, man, where you just can't see. Yeah. You can't see any other character, mm-hmm. especially when you've spent so much time watching the office. Watching it for so long. Yeah. I, I agree to that on a certain aspect. Um, BJ Novak was just a bit weird in this role. Yeah. He's kind of underused, such an A class actor. Yeah. And you just kind of chuck him in this nothing. He role. essentially plays Ryan from The Office, though, doesn't he? He kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe he is Ryan <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, look, I just wanted to go back a bit. So, um, Peter or Spider Man, rather, he stops this bus. Um, this is really, like, really mm, early on mm. in the film. So, Rano crashes and this bus goes, like, tumbling over. Yeah. It kind of mirrored the moment where Toby stops the train. Right. Yeah. Yeah, with the. He's got his arms stretched out yeah. and, he's, and he's stopping the bus. So, I don't know whether that was intentional or not. Right. Um, so we've seen it in in Toby's trilogy. We've seen it in uh, Andrew's duology, and we've seen it in um, Tom Holland's soon to be trilogy with the with the cruise boat. Right. So I reckon it's pretty cool that they're sticking with that. Okay. Um, it's just a cool moment of Spider Man. I think it's appeared in some of the comics as well, um, and it just shows you know he's he's carrying. So the community like he's, yeah. he's got his arms stretched out yeah open. yeah so i think it's a pretty good moment very right? symbolic yeah mm. i think definitely to because obviously you know toby has the train scene tom has the the, the crew scene mm-hmm. i think if andrew's going to have any scene it's that Times square yep scene where he saves all those people on on that red step ladder thing yep but i uh, will get to that all right uh on the way there though cgi looks incredible uh, Electro's theme is kind of uh, bizarre. Um, as what I said, like Junkie XL sort of maybe had too much fun with it. Yeah. A bit of dubstep action. Um, <laughs> Hans Zimmer's like, hold up there. <laughs> Hans Zimmer's like, okay, guys, I'm gonna, just going to go for a bathroom break. Yeah. He goes out. Junkie XL's like, okay, guys, we're going to do Electro scene right now. Ready? <laughs> All right, I want everyone on dubstep. Three, two, one, let's go. <laughs> Turn that up a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Felicia, what did you think of Black Cat in this movie, mate? With that little, you know, not not actually, you know, Black Cat, but mm-hmm. it's cool to see that character not really 
play much of a purpose, but it could have been a generic, yep. you know, receptionist or whatever. Yep. But it's cool that, you know, it's it's Felicia Jones and she is, um, is, is that a name, Felicia Jones? Is that her last name? I don't uh, think it is. I think I'm confusing that with the actress because the actress is Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones. For Felicia Hardy. Felicia Hardy. That's right. Yeah. 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 So it's cool to see Felicia Hardy. She obviously, she's got the black nails, mm-hmm. which we spotted, and she's wearing all black. Yep. It's cool. And, oh, I just wish we got that. I think it's a pretty good casting. I'd actually yeah. still like to see her as the black Me too. cat. Yeah. Um, if the MCU doesn't jump on that, that's a shame. I, I would well, like to see her do that. The Sony, they're going ahead with, you know, Morbius and Venom. And yep. Give us a black cat. Yeah. I'd be down for that. I love that film. As far as I'm concerned, black cat has better material than... Morbius or Venom, like yeah. because yeah. with Black Cat you can she's like Catwoman, you know she sort of she's sort of steals from people but for good reason mm. or you know mm. but she's sort of motivated by her selfish desires. That's good. That's good sort of character for a, a, a decent story. For yeah, the hero. That that's what I'm saying with with Sony. They're running out of characters. I mean, right. I don't know who Morbius is. So when you yeah, and but Jared Leto is playing him too. I know. Like, I know. It, bit, it's a bit strange, bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, I th- I think um, Black Hat kind of works in this. Um, you know, again, they could have just done without her. Um, but it, it's good that they didn't overuse her and right. try to create her own storyline. She's yeah. just kind of there. Yeah, she's there for she's, later. She's set up for something else. Um, so it's good that they didn't really incorporate her. But it's 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 kind of laying low for now, and they'll mm. uncover it later. So that's good. For sure, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the sort of patience that you need with these franchises. You need to mm. put this character in there and go, no, we're not going to use her. Yep. She's just going to be there. And then yep. So then for the next one, then it's not a surprise when Black Cat's suddenly becoming you know, a plot exactly. point. Exactly, yeah. Mate, we could run this franchise better than... <laughs> <laughs> we could run any franchise, to be honest. Honestly, we might as well take over Warner Bros. at this point. <laughs> wow, we're so up ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Warner Bros. Give us a call. By the way, um, why is Electro wearing a black hoodie? <laughs> it's just like a continual thing that they do. Like, uh, like Captain America chucks on a cap. Oh, right. Well, Captain America's gone. It's <laughs> like, okay, how to disguise my blue, glowy skin. My completely blue skin. Who, by the way, people can still see me face on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, it's not really much point. But yeah. I guess... I guess, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, was, the ground rule scene, I think you might have missed a bit of this scene. Like, you, you, you went out for some reason. But it's the scene where Peter and Gwen are talking just before the Times Square bit. And yep. you know how they're like... They're yeah, getting, no, I, I was watching it. Yeah, yeah okay. Yep. And, um, and yeah, I, that's one of the best scenes in, in the movie, I think. Just You can tell that the improvisation occurring there between Andrew and Emma... Mm-hmm. Just fantastic. Like you can tell, Mark Webb just said, "Okay, guys, this is the basic point of the conversation. Yep, just go." And they did it, and they they did it in the previous one. They did it here too. Chemistry is just so goddamn yeah. good. It's Peter just... tries to hide behind a tree. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> but yeah, I really love, you know, the whole ground rules scene. You yeah. know, with their sort of 
you know, Gwen tries to friend zone him at the start and then they're sort of like flirting but not flirting. And it's just like watching a romantic comedy, but like one of the good ones. And uh, it just, this relationship is just so much better than every other goddamn superhero relationship we've ever seen, in my opinion. I don't think there's one quite as good okay. ever. I think Do you have any rivals? Superheroes. Superheroes. I quite like um, Rachel and Batman. Uh, what, in Batman Begins? In oh, Batman Begins. Uh, I quite like them. Okay. Um, yeah, but I mean, this chemistry is just on another level, right? Yeah. It, it's it's so good. And what they're able to do with it on screen, I think they're so natural together. Um, I'd really like to see them do something else together if they haven't already. Right. Um, because, I mean, they're both really good actors. They've, they've been in many films that kind of display that. And like you were saying, I think this scene is just a very good way to show... Um, how good they are as actors. Just give them a platform to, to, to display their their full potential. Um, because clearly they have it. I mean, they, they they just blew it out of the park in this film. Yeah, and then to contrast that towards the end of the scene, where you discover that Peter has been following Gwen. Yeah, more than once a day. <laughs> Wasn't there like a point in the first film where he had her like on his background or something? Yeah, and he was taking photos of her. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> What's going on? Look, I kind of see what they're trying to do. They're trying to do like awkward, awkward teenager who's like a bit yeah. out of line, but he he really likes the girl. But but like you don't you don't take photos of them when they're not looking, and you don't you definitely don't follow them. And then not to forget that they're like how old? Are they? They're supposed to be like seventeen in this movie, oh mate. Like because they're going off to college, right? So. They have uh, just eighteen, nineteen. They just graduated high school. They're not nineteen or eighteen, man. I, I just honestly kind of forgot about that. And honestly, I don't know why they're so obs- like Spider Man things are so obsessed with being in high school, man. Like yeah. what? Like just make them. It doesn't change much of the plot. Just make them graduate from university or something. Like I, know. I don't know, man. I'm ready for an older sort of Spider Man. You know, like I'm ready for. Like a twenty-six-year-old Spider-Man. I'm Cause... ready for uh, Peter B. Parker right. from yeah. the Spider-Verse. Okay. I want to see that. Yeah, that's the Spider-Man that they haven't done yet, and I feel like it would be very interesting. I feel like it would work very well. Yeah. I want them to do that. Yeah. Right, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know, man. This the whole age thing is it's it's on video, really. You can make it's a whole... always pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, the ages and how. They're telling us he's 17 when Andrew's 26. Yeah. Which he was. Man, that's going to be a massive issue in No Way Home. I have no idea how they're going to tackle it. I'm sure they won't change it, though. They'll just, like, they won't reference what... Because, like, they'll both be graduated. They'll both be, like, working. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll both be, like, full-time employees, surely. Unless one of them's, like, a Peter B. Parker. Who knows? Yeah. It better not be Andrew Garfield. I swear to God. I'll throw hands if they dis- <laughs> if they do anything bad. To John him. Watts has a lot to live up to. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to be him, honestly. Yeah. If he is handling those two characters, because mm. my goodness, if he stuffs it up, he will get death threats. Like you just know, <laughs> not from me. Not and that's not okay, guys. Don't do that. No. But like that, he, that—that that is the inevitability of the situation. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen, which is a shame. I mean, yeah. nothing deserves that level of. Threats. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I really liked about this movie is the use of the spidey sense. 
mm. used throughout the entire movie, not just, you know, for one big scene. Yep. It's used throughout, um, you know, Peter will be talking to Gwen and suddenly Spidey Sense turns around and looks towards Electro mm-hmm. or, you know, obviously the big slow-mo scene where we really see the Spidey Sense where the super fast movements come in, but mm. we see it in slow motion. So, and yeah. Just to add on top of that, I like how it's not Spidey Sense done. It's Spidey Sense, we see what's happening. Right. We see him planning, we see him thinking, you know, um, okay, web shooter's broken. Um, hand is trying to put on pole, other hand trying to put on pole. I'm going yeah. caveman mode here. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we see it all This is in unfolding. the Times Square scene, by yeah, the way, yeah. when he's doing the flips and it's he's in slow motion. doing all the flips, yeah. Yeah. We see him planning it all meticulously and, right. and that's good. In, I like that. In a split second. And I know. You really get to see that that's not, that's not something that Superman has. That's not something that Batman has. That's mm. not something that, you know, who's an enhanced individual in the Marvel Universe that Captain America has. Yeah. They can't think that fast. That's Spider-Man, that's Spider-Man's thing, mm. you know? So... It, it's cool. Yeah, I completely agree. It's not just like a, you know, oh, my hair stands up. I've got to look at something. Oh, there it is. Then that's it. <laughs> you said you wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, you noticed. <laughs> that, that's all weird. That's all weird. Yeah. Um, um, why is Electro flying? <laughs> yeah, well, I want to yeah, research the physics behind that because I feel like he could, because he does create a magnetic force. Uh, yeah. I told you at one stage. Like a, pen, a metal pen moves towards him. So that means he's generating some sort of force. And surely if he's generating a force, a magnetic force, he can somehow generate a force to yeah. propel himself. But honestly, I don't like the fact that one, he flies and two, he uh, like appears out of nowhere no, sometimes. There's so many issues with the character, man. And like... Electro's just a write-off. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's screwed. <laughs> like, is he... A solid object, or is he like electricity? Electricity, and then things go through him, and then I mean, there's so many just bad parts about it. It makes absolutely no sense at some points in time. I mean, the character is just—it's so bad on so many levels. I'm sorry, I hate the character so much. Oh, I can't look, like, put it to words how bad it is. I've watched this movie so many times, and if I'm ever going to check my phone, it'll be during the Electro and Russian scientists. Because, <laughs> my goodness, that is by far the worst scene in the movie. Shall we talk about that one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Electro has been, after his little duel with Spider Man, which we talked about just then, with the Times Square scene, which is really awesome, and we find out that Gwen's might be moving to England. And so we have that big action scene. Electro's taken into prison. And then we have this bloody stereotypical Russian scientist with glasses, with opera music on. And Why he's... opera music? <laughs> Mate, I don't know. You'll have yeah. to ask the producers. Um, and, and yeah, so yeah, atro- the second atrocious Russian accent in the movie. And um, he's testing Electro. And Electro is um, just talking to him. That's all for yeah. the entire scene. And then he goes back in and then on to another scene. I'm like, okay, did this benefit the movie in any no. way? 
cut it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you have to do, man. And this movie's quite long, so it's already long, and it just could have benefited from you, you cutting out the scene. What this scene added absolutely nothing apart from the fact that Electro self-proclaimed himself as Electro. You know, yeah. it wasn't Spider-Man saying, "Hmm, um, Electro." It's Electro calling himself Electro, which yeah. is, a, again, a big no. You don't do that. It, yeah. It's always the good guy gives the bad guy the name. The trademark of bad writing is when one unknown character says to a main <laughs> character, who are you? And look, I'll, t- I'll give you an example about how it's been used poorly and how it's been used well. Okay? Yeah, go ahead. So, poor use. Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Random chick in the desert. Why does she care about who Ray is? No. Doesn't. I tell you who does care. J.J. Abrams. He wants this character. To, uh, so she goes up. She says, who are you? And she goes, Ray. Ray is gone. But <laughs> Ray's not good enough for this random woman, okay? This nosy woman. She wants to know more. She says, Ray who? She wants to know her last name. Okay, mate. Now, if a stranger came up to me and asked me who I was, I would give them my first name. Yeah. If they asked me for my second name, I'd say, no, that's a bit... Who are you? That's a <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. No, I would say... It's the who are you paradox. <laughs> if, if, if they asked me for my second name and they're a complete stranger, I would just probably walk away. Yeah. Get but, away from me. But this lady says, Ray who? And so then she goes, Ray Skywalker. And that's supposed to be a good moment for the audience. Mm-hmm. And... To a good one, though, is Batman Begins when the thugs are like, oh, my God, like, what on earth is that? Because, like, we see this, like, black shape oh, running around. And then, you know, he grabs him out of the car and he says, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. And, like, that's a bit cheesy, but it's done so much better than, who are you? Don't you know? Yeah. I'm Electro. It's like... <laughs> or uh, even, like, coming up, uh, Matt Reeves' is Batman... I'm vengeance. Yeah. So good. It's Who not are you the supposed name, to be? But it's right. what you represent. And the so execution, good. my God, it was bad. Yeah. Even from both parties, the Russian scientists, Who are you? Like, oh, God. Like, what's he going to say? Um, I'm, I'm Max? Yeah, Max Dillon. <laughs> no, you, you should know. You're studying me. <laughs> I'm Max Dillon. Uh, Who's Max Dillon? This adds nothing to the conversation. I got your name now, but what am I going to do with it? Like, Who are you? <clears throat> Sparkly man. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <sighs> that one blue dude from the blue man group. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Papa's man. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Avatar. <laughs> Any blue character. <laughs> Oh, goodness me, Papa Smurf. Oh, no. I'm going to have to restrain myself from calling that for the rest of the podcast. Oh, goodness me. Oh, right. Whereabouts are we? Uh, um, just adding here, um, I really like how Peter just tends to go on and on and on and on. He just kind of loses himself in his dialogue because he just keeps on talking and talking and talking. Right. And there was this really one funny line. It's like, God save the queen. Oh, right. That's funny. Like the whole strand. Yeah. It's so well done. Yeah. And Andrew just performs it so well. That's improvised. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. It it seems to all be improvised. And if it is, I mean, come on. It's so well done. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they walk into like the Oxford building. And 
Peter's so focused on talking to Gwen and telling her about these revelations he's had throughout the, the runtime. And he, he suddenly realizes where he is. He's like, where are we? And, mm. and Gwen says, uh, we're at Oxford. And he's like, oh, I didn't know. And there's this wide shot. And we see like three Oxford signs. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that is great visual comedy. Yeah. Because that's not a joke that's being said by one of the characters. It's mm. like literally just an observation that the audience gets to make. Yeah. And then it's funny. Like we both laughed at that. And that was quite good. And then he gets the whole, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, uh, my fair lady. Uh, who am I? I? I'm John Hopkins. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to recruit this lady for my uh, Harvard research team. Uh, yeah. Best, yeah. And fantastic. That's just Andrew Garfield in a nutshell right there, mm. that little bit. Mm. And yeah, I think the best part of this movie is just the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> well, between, between. Yeah, the Peter dialogue delivered from, you know, Andrew, and Emma, Emma, Sally Field, right. all of your good characters. Right. Because, I mean, come on, I'm Electro. <laughs> But, mate, how good are some of Harry's dialogue? Everybody wants my money. <laughs> Welcome to the bonus round. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That just wasn't the answer we were looking for. Can we talk about these lines that Harry Osborne yeah. has in this movie? Because, yeah. my gosh, he has some incredible, incredibly like funny lines, but yeah. they're not supposed to be funny, but yeah. they just are. Yeah. Like, even at the start where he's like, you know... Um, you're all lawyers, right? And like the, the people on the board are like looking around like, oh my God, like <laughs> this kid. And he's like, oh, giant lizards all around here, man. And calling uh, Emma Stoner a model employee. Yeah. Like that was a little bit of a boy's, you know. Innuendo. Uh, put a cheeky line yeah. there from Harry Osborne. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, obviously, you know, I'm sorry. Just wasn't the answer we were looking for. <laughs> and then he goes, you know, clear. And then he resuscitates him and he goes, welcome back to the bonus round. <laughs> it's so bad. And when you compare it to like Electro being on screen as well, it's just like the, the unstoppable duo of bad dialogue. <laughs> you can't escape it because nothing there is to save it. Like, yeah, really. you don't have Peter Parker. It's just bad on bad on bad. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's oh. where the film falls apart. Is, yeah, is in those parts. Right, I agree. Which it it could be so easy to just cut out or fine tune, and it's a shame. Yeah, because there's so many good parts, and then you have all these welcome to the bonus round parts. But that's so, like that's so bad that I love it. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a re- revenge of the Sith. It's like case. a meme. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this this movie hasn't been memed. It doesn't get a lot of love, but it it that's a meme in my heart. The mm-hmm. welcome back to the bonus round. I quite like that, yeah. Uh, would be reminiscent of us if we uh, didn't touch of, on the um, music montage, mm-hmm. the uh, Coldplay-esque uh, little music video. Obviously, Mark Webb likes a bit of a music video. Gone, yep. Gone, Gone is the song. It's where um, Peter Parker is trying to recreate that meme with that crazy guy. And he's like, he has like this board and it's like, you know, got all this red writing on it. And he's yep. like trying to figure out a mystery. Seems like uh, Peter Parker was trying to do his own sort of, mm. you know, thing to up, up on his wall with all these, you know, hundreds of photos. I'm like, oh my goodness, how long that would have taken him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, did you think it was like, how did you think? Like, did you think it was 
necessary. Uh, interesting music choice to start with, but right. I mean, it wasn't bad. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it it suited the film well. It it could have done without. It could have been in there. It was just average for sure. Yeah, right. How did you? Uh, what did you think about Peter Parker doing his own experiments? That I like actually. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it was practical because at one point we see. Um, him testing electricity and one of the batteries explodes and then they they reference that at the end yeah. they use the knowledge and they apply it right um, and I always love that in films if they've discovered something that can help them they take advantage of it because a lot of films set it up yeah but they don't use it and when you see it when when you see a film do it it's always a you know it's a happy moment it's like yes they've yeah. done it so, yeah, I really appreciate it that they have done that and they've, they've shown that they're capable to, right. capable to set something up mm. and complete it. That's great. Yeah, for sure. I love the, the Peter Parker aspect of doing his own, like making his own suits, doing his own tech, like, mm-hmm. you know, putting in the hours as Peter Parker yeah. to then help him with Spider-Man and, and using his brain to beat the enemies. I love yeah. that. Um, it's always a really... You know, an ideal final fight ending for me isn't a big punch up with cities falling and everything. It's the the hero being smart, using mm. their brain and yeah. figuring out a unique way to get around the situation. I mean, think about the Dark Knight, right? Exactly. There is no ending. Yeah. Like, there's no big ending. Yeah, and then compare that to Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, I love when Peter grabs the spanner instead of his phone and it hits him in the head. Yeah. You know, and he that gets was good, the web. Eh? Yeah. Oh, so funny. Cracks me up every time. Yeah. Um, Peter and Gwen in the closet. Uh, great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kiss that takes place there was uh, nominated for a, an MTV award. Cause the Ooh, MTV, I do remember you saying this. The MTV awards have very odd categories. One of them being best kiss. Yeah. And, um, so this is actually... That's an, probably going to get removed eventually. Like, let's be honest. Someone's yeah, going to cancel the MTV sure, awards for that. Yeah, it is a bit dodgy. But um, but yeah, so this this movie did take away the prize. Yeah. Um, so this is an award... Oh, it got it, did it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So this is an award-winning movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very prestigious movie. I actually uh, won the uh, MTV Movie Award. Uh, I won't specify which award, but... <laughs> <laughs> it won an award. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll just reference the fact that once they do kiss, Gwen says, like, you just kiss me. Like, she's surprised. Mm-hmm. But like, Gwen, you kissed him. Like, I watched that. Yeah. Like, Gwen goes in for it. And then she's like, you just kissed me. I'm like, hang on. No, 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 no. Don't blame Peter for this. That was you, my friend. Secretly, she wanted it. Yeah, I think right? so. Yeah. I mean, you know. Where do all these suits keep coming from? W- what suits? Everyone's Everyone, that's true. Every <laughs> that is a fantastic point. Every single suit in yeah. this movie just magically appears. Yeah. If uh, if Green Goblin becomes Green Goblin, boom, there's a suit that boom. does everything he needs. It heals him, it makes him fly. Um he who knows else? How to use Electro. The he has a perfectly fitting suit. Yeah. And guess what? He has a lightning bolt on it, so it's customized. Yeah. <laughs> it's even got blue hints on it, mate. And so it's it's not just... How about Spider-Man's suit? Where did just... that come from? 
<laughs> that that I can understand though, because yeah. he's had a year. Yeah. But I mean, we we go from one scene to the next, and it's happened in real time. Yeah. You know, he's picked up Electro. They've formed a duo now. Yeah. They've gone in the car. Yeah, they've yeah. driven to Oscorp. They've gone to Oscorp. Where did he get the suit? <laughs> Is it part of him? If so, why didn't he build it Maybe before? Maybe he just made it with electricity. God, man. Like, that's so bad. It's like a fundamental error that they surely they knew about it. They didn't over... Like, they didn't forget about it. They overlooked it. Right. And... Rich enough, yeah. Just didn't so have the brain annoying. power for it. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. That, um, the whole Oscorp, like, oh, look, there's a collider there. And, oh, look, there's a rhino costume there. It's very, very convenient. Yeah. It happened twice. Yeah. Twice, man. I'll, I'll let one pass. I'll let it slide. But twice, that's just poor filmmaking. Yeah. You don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great... That was a great, like, observation, though. That, like, so every bad. single suit just comes out of nowhere. Oh, goodness me. Uh, apparently, by the way, um, Gwen actually helped make the new suit. Oh, apparently, really? like, the canon thing, the canon explanation is that, like, it got... The first suit got like stuck in a turbine or something. It, it ripped or something, and so then Gwen helped Peter make a new one. And okay. I like that because Gwen does save Peter's ass a couple times in the movie. She's very important to the story and the success of Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the real explanation for that is people didn't like the suit in the first movie, so they made a new one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. That's exactly what happens. That so. that has to be the reason. Oh, and by the way. My goodness, what an incredible suit he it does have so good, eh? in this movie. So I, good. It's my favourite. It's obviously my, my favourite superhero suit ever. I think it's one of the best looking suits ever. Mm-hmm. Definitely, in my opinion, the best Spider-Man suit ever. And look, the fact that it looks just as good in real life as it does in the movie is yep. just a testament to the costume designers. What are yep. your thoughts? No, I think it's fantastic as well. Um, and I like how they make it look real. It's not just plastic on his skin. Right. Um, which you get a lot with, uh, you know, um, a lot with the MCU nowadays. Um, the suit, you can see the wrinkles on it. You can see the imperfections on it. You right. can see the wind picking up on his back. Yes. And that I adds like that. to the fact that it's it's part of the world. It's, it's not CGI. And that's always so refreshing to see in costumes, yeah. Yeah, I love the the ripples that come when he's fallen down. That's good, eh? Yeah, brilliant stuff. And and they actually get the like the flap of the material yep. on the sound. So, yep. goodness me, it just works out very well. All right, um, let me just go through my notes here. Um, maybe everyone has a side of them they hide, even from the people they love. <laughs> Do you think Aunt May knows? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Aunt May definitely knows. I don't know why she never, like, said it, but, I mean, it, she just, like, inconspicuously knows. Yeah, from that quote, it is pretty, yeah. like, pretty darn obvious that Aunt May does know that Peter is Spider-Man. And I like that. I think in the Raimi films, I think Aunt May as well does know that Peter is Spider-Man. And I think it's sort of, like, the dumb thing that she knows, but she's not going to tell him. And so yeah. there's sort of like always that bit of mystery there. Yeah. And I like that. But um, I think in the third one, just tell him. Yeah. And we can sort of, you know, see something new. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think that, that might have been the direction that they, they went, but we never know, I guess. Um, 
Sally Field is the best Aunt May, in my opinion. Incredible acting, especially in that scene where um, Peter is telling her that she's enough. Mm -hmm. You know, they have that emotional scene where Sally is like almost crying and Andrew's like tearing up as well. Yep. And it's always like having a heart to heart in Peter's bedroom. It's good. Love that scene. Yeah, really, really good acting. Mm. Uh, great ending shot of Spider-Man on the wall after he's talked to Harry Osborn about whether to give him his blood or not. Yep. Harry is framed by generic white man in a suit. Harry is framed by... <laughs> what? <laughs> so there's a character in this movie yep. that I'll refer to as generic white man in a suit. Yeah. Generic bald white man in a suit. Yeah. That, that narrows it down. Because yeah. <laughs> there's a couple generic white men in suits in this movie. Um, but yes, he frames Harry at one point. I'm not entirely sure why. I think he just wants to control the company. Yeah. So for the money. Yeah. Uh, Peter maneuvering through rubble like a spider. Pointing that out to you when we were watching it. I yeah. like when... They that Andrew in the first movie went to the extra detail to actually move like a spider mm. in, in the um, we picked up on that as well in the first film, yeah, yeah. It's really one of the best parts about that first film is how he's sort of moving like he's not a not a human, like he's yeah. moving. I mean, he's bitten by a spider, so he, yeah, should he should act like a spider, yeah, yeah. And Toby's not. Toby's is like just a, a guy in a bright suit. Like, Pizza time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't mean to rush you. Yeah, go. But like, we've got 15 minutes until we've yeah. clocked on for two hours. I'm trying to go through. I've got, I'm, I'm going towards the Speed end. Speed round. Yeah. Lightning round. Okay. What's all your favorite things? Oh, goodness me. Um, this is not my favorite things that I'm putting in here. <laughs> can, can we skip to the end? Let's do the end. Okay. Where should we go? Um, You're my path. Oh, that scene is so cruel. Yeah. When Peter finally realizes that, you know what? Um, Captain Stacy can get stuff. I'm going to, you know, choose Gwen Stacy. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go to England. And little old me sitting in the cinema like, no, that doesn't work. Spider-Man can't go to England. (laughs) And like, I just like, I would just, if I was next to my younger self, I just like, She's gonna die. Well, what would his? What was? I'm I'm just thinking like, what would his name be like? Spider Mandem or like Spider <laughs> Spider Bro Spider Lad? Spider Lad. <laughs> uh, spider Lad, isn't it? Um, yeah. All right. So yeah, I think they really tug on your heartstrings. Uh, let's talk about that uh, final fight. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the choreography and? Between the Electro and Spider-Man fight, how yeah. do you think that looked visually? <laughs> visually, it looks good. I've always said the CGI in this film is yeah. pretty good throughout this podcast, um, but the choreography wasn't mm. there, and it was just a bit of a miss for me. Right. Um, I mean, we've got points. You know, Electro is vomiting electricity. It's like, yeah, why have that. Um, yeah, he actually is vomiting electricity. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like a it's just a constant thing that they, they like they do that just shouldn't be included like max growing teeth and why oh, yeah. included like correcting his teeth yeah i mean it's just stupid um 
And the whole fact that this finale pivots on this plane that they need to save is just Oh, atrocious. the plane can... Uh, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it can get stuffed, right? The plane can get, you know, get lost. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was going to say. It, it's just... It's, it's lazy storytelling. Um, no, it's not lazy. I just think it's just not necessary. Yeah. Okay. Like, it, I get, it feels like a bit of a cheat way for me, in a way. For what purpose? Well, they could have done something more interesting and they just opted out to have civilians in danger. Like, right. I don't know. It, it. I feel like they could have done something more interesting. They had the opportunity um, and they spent too much screen time on stuff that no one cares about. There's no... Yeah, I don't care about these... Like, there's no those emotional two planes. depth to it. If they die, I'm not going to care. Like, yeah, because I don't know them. I don't know them. Um, so it's a shame that they did that. Yeah. Um, but what's more important is the fact that we have this clock tower scene. And if you don't want to talk anymore about Electro and how bad that is, yeah. um, let's move on to the clock tower okay. scene because I think it's one of the best scenes in the film. Yeah. Um, that, I do think that the choreography is great. We see the camera moving around in this small environment and we are able to discern what everything is. You know, mm. we can see everything. Yeah. Um, it's easy to digest. Uh, and, you know... Spider-Man's quite a quick character. Right. So if you don't move the camera quick, you're not going to see everything. And it keeps up with it, so I like that. Um, and I don't know, the, the clock tower scene, it, it just stands above all of the other scenes in the film, in my opinion. Um, you've got a lot of good scenes throughout it, but this scene is, is very, very good in terms of emotional depth. The, the stakes get higher. You know, once we deal with Electro, it's sort of like, okay, if this was a lighthearted superhero movie, it would end there, yep. right? And and Harry would be a sort of tease for next time, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he, his sort of transformation might have been like a post-credit or something. Yeah. And But no, then the sort of, you know, the music sort of gets a bit more lowered and a bit more concerning. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a, this dreading tone that's that, that comes over the movie. So Harry comes in, figures out that you know Peter is is Spider Man, and says he's gonna he's gonna take away what I'm gonna take away your hope. Mm-hmm. So then again, bringing back to that hope theme. Yeah. And um and yeah, and then suddenly you know you know what hits the fan, and every like things are at stake. Mm. Like uh, and this is serious. You know, it's not like that's what like. That's what Spider Man says to Gwen when when she first shows up. Like this isn't this isn't a joke. This is serious. You need yeah. to leave. Yeah. And look, she doesn't, and it's not her. Look, it, it's her fault, mm-hmm. but it's also what she wanted. Like it's not. A lot of people say Spider Man killed Gwen Stacy. No, but I don't. She knew she was in danger. She knew what she was getting herself into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's unfair to say that Spider Man caused her death. I think. Gwen Stacy chose to do that, yeah. but it's still obviously going to be tremendous guilt for Spider-Man. That's the whole point. Mm. But yeah, regardless, um, as soon as Harry takes Gwen, I always thought when I first watched it that she was going to survive. She doesn't. And my goodness, like the, the fight before she does get like dropped um, is, is really quite serious. Mm-hmm. You know, Spider-Man doesn't really punch people in the face. In this, he's punching Green Goblin in the face. He is. Um, there's also a moment where he can't web onto anything when he's on the top of the tower and he's yep. shooting the webs up. That's all Spider Man can do. It's yeah. good. Um, it's good that they actually like chose to show that that he was a bit helpless yeah. in that situation. Green Goblin was like kind of taunting him, you know. He's, yeah. He's flying around. 
Yeah. yeah. And we saw that in Homecoming when he goes onto the golf course and he just shoots the web. That, that was a joke, yes, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and that was funny. But this is a, a, to use it in a different sense. Yeah. But yeah, so I love that. Obviously, the shot where he's jumping up to, to grab Gwen Stacy when she's falling is one of my favorite shots in the film. Looked great, yeah. But yeah, Spider-Man is punching Green Goblin in the face. Mm-hmm. He's um, strangling him. Yep. Another thing you don't really see Spider-Man do. Usually no. it's like in the Spider-Man game, you can only punch people if you hold down the square button. Yeah. The rest of it you're doing is kicking. So yeah. it's all like yeah. non-lethal, like, you know, Spider-Man yeah. just here for a fun time. Like he's jumping over you. He'll, you know, maybe like break a bone every now and then. I'll send you to hospital. <laughs> the hospital bills will kill you. Yeah, yeah. I won't kill you, but your hospital bill will. Um, but yeah, he's he's not he's not a brutal hero. Whereas mm. in this, he really is, and I love that because it shows the consequences and the seriousness of the situation. Mm-hmm. And at one stage, which is awesome, he headbutts him. Yep. So and you'd never seen a Spider Man headbutt anyone before, no. or you. No probably never will unfortunately yeah but um that's that's the thing that's at stake here you know gwen's hanging down below so spider-man's holding this clock together right Mm. he's trying to stop time yeah what's the main theme of of the film time will just keep going you know no one can stop time not even spider-man yeah and that's another theme you know the fact that superheroes are just one of us like spider-man takes time out of his day to help the civilians yeah he's a civilian himself he can't stop time so he's holding the clock together. He's going to do it. He, like, he's holding it. Green Goblin's restrained. He's holding it, he's holding it, he's holding it, and the clock breaks. Yeah. Just shows that not even Spider-Man can save everyone. Mm. And, like, yeah, and I just love that. You know, the fact that he's super strong. He was doing it, he was holding it, and it just broke. Mm. Like, there's nothing else he could have done. Creates a lot of tension as well, and I like how, I mean... You don't know. It could go either way. I mean, yeah, you right. could somehow save her or as what happens, she obviously dies. Mm. And it, it could go either way. You have really no clue what's going to happen. And the way it sets up the tension to create that is just, it, it's so great because you, you're sitting there and you're like, what's going to happen? You're just sitting there. You can't do anything. You're mm. kind of restrained as well. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very clever way of doing it, and I think it was very effective in this sense, yeah. And having Gwen dangling there the whole time, you know, she's, like, holding on to... Because she does fall at the very, like, start. Yep. Like, she falls, but they, they, they don't really put much emphasis on it, but he grabs her straight away. He's, like, you know, he's, he attaches her. Mm. Well, well he hold, he's holding on to the web, I think. And then, it, you know, obviously when, he, when the clock breaks, it cuts. She falls, and we get that... <gasps> Like when yeah. she falls? Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, I so, heard that. Yeah. Oh, that always um, makes me feel like I'm going to fall with her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what, what an incredibly, what a well-executed scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, just there's enough slow-mo without being obnoxious. Yep. Because obviously she's falling like, you know, probably like 15 meters. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's going to be over pretty quick if we see it in real time. But then at the same time, we don't want it to be too long because she's falling. Yeah. There's enough slow motion for us to be like, oh, wow, she's, she, she might fall and die here. Mm. So Spider-Man better, you know, do something. Yeah. And But then there's enough time for it to feel like she literally just fell and hit her head and now it's over. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, Spider-Man does whatever he can. It's the perfect web is what it's called. It's what Mark Webb called it. Like The song? No, it's in... 
uh, actually, I don't know. I, I don't think the song's called that, but um, yeah. but the web that he shoots, you know, with the, the little hand little that comes hand, out yeah. there, it like it goes so far. Like Spider Man jumps, uses Spidey sense again. That's when he slows down. You know, it's when usually when he's using his Spidey sense, mm-hmm. and so the web sort of like is shot so that it goes through all the right like little crevices yeah. in yeah, the thing. Okay. And, yep. And, and so, because Spider-Man jumps down with Gwen and then he shoots it. He has to shoot it at the right time as well. And look, he does absolutely everything. Like, I can't stress that enough because people will say, like, that's the dude who dropped Gwen. Yeah. No, he didn't drop Gwen, okay? No. Some, like, things happened. He, he did his best, I, I mean, think. he couldn't have done anything else, right? Exactly. And that's the thing that I really like about it. Sometimes superheroes, yeah. you know, you do your best. Sometimes, you know, stuff happens unfortunately yeah. yeah sometimes you know you can't stop time and and yeah so my goodness what fantastic acting from andrew garfield so good man so good even gwen yeah I mean, just lying there you have to play dead yeah. so uh, i mean I, I wrote down fantastic acting from both of them i mean andrew garfield just absolutely killed it in those mm. final minutes i think he was fantastic yeah yeah. yeah, and especially, you know, when he, when he whispers, like, I can't do this without you at one stage. Stay with me, stay with me. Yeah, and he, he goes through a bit of denial at the start. He's like, it's okay, and, and how he's touching her face and everything. It's just like, you can really tell that Andrew really cares about Emma, mm-hmm. and he's really bringing that emotion into that scene. And yeah, my goodness, like, if any scene proves that he deserved better, like, he deserved better movies, mm-hmm. it's that scene right there, I think. Yep. And then, yeah, we get this bit of sad montage with a funeral scene. Most Spider-Man movies end with uh, funeral scenes. Um, They do, yeah. Yeah, and by the way, there's an alternate scene where once Gwen has died, Harry starts laughing at the top. So Peter Peter goes up and, like, brutally, like, smashes his face in. Yeah, and, like, stops, like, short of just killing him. Okay. And, like, realizes what he's done. Yeah. I like it how it is, yeah. I think. No, I think I, the I, ending was very well done. Mm. Yeah. However, there is an image of of, spy, of like Peter with his mask off and he's holding the, the glider. Yep. It looks awesome. And I, I know Andrew would have pulled that off. Uh-huh. But at the same time, once Gwen dies, the movie shouldn't care about anything else. Yeah, yeah. So we get this bit of sad, sad montage. Everything's a bit depressing. And May's like, come on, Spider-Man. Got to get back out there, mate. Mm. And then we have this, the second theme comes in of, of hope. You know, Spider-Man is this hopeful character and at the end of the day, stuff happens. You just got to keep going. That's yeah. one of the, the fundamental messages of, of this film. You know, even to superheroes, sometimes people die and you just have to accept it. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you just have to keep going, you know, not exactly move on, you know, bring that with you. But... Um, You've got to get back out there. You've got to, got to keep doing life. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Spider-Man does. Hans Zimmer comes in. He says, look, guys, might not have been the best movie so far, but I'm going to give you a good yep. ending. Yeah, Hans Zimmer never misses, right? Yeah, he never does. Could be a bad film, but no way he's going to be bad. Final song is insane. Yep. Um, <laughs> I am right. Yeah, let's just skip over Rhino here. He's, <laughs> On, he's horrendous. Yeah, yeah. On the half. <laughs> I love the ending where he's like swinging the manhole though. Yeah, great and use music of slow and motion. I'll sync with it. It's like dum, boom, dum, yeah. boom. so good, yeah. really yeah. well done. 
Yeah, and then supposedly um, right from then on is TASM 3, but would you have liked to seen a TASM 3, mate? Uh, I would have watched it. I don't particularly really think I would have wanted it. Right. Um, I, th I think Andrew Garfield is a great Spider-Man. Um, he probably deserves it, but uh, I'm just not really invested in this yeah, sort yeah. of franchise. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to say no, Yeah. but you know, I'm open to it. I would have watched yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know how I pointed out that one... I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, that Who one is it? person is Mary Jane. Is it Mary Jane? Yeah, it's Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane. There you go. So in, in, in the final scenes of, of the movie, there's a shot from inside a cafe and there is a lady facing away from the camera with red hair. She's got a, like a denim jacket on, and like a waist. Of course. <laughs> waist, um, like a, a, an apron on um, yeah. because she works at, at that cafe. And, should have known. Yeah, so that that's um, Shailene Woodley as Mary Jane, and that's something that that was shot, was written, mm -hmm. everything, and completely cut. Yeah, just never going to see that, which is such a shame. I mean, hashtag release the web cut. Am I right? No. There is a movement <laughs> like that going on, you know. Of course, there is. Every movie has it now. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, it's like eight hours too. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Like, some people have been saying that. I'm sorry, but if your movie's eight hours, you should be fired. Yeah. If you go in trying to make a two-and-a-half-hour movie and you make an eight-hour movie, I don't even care if your name is Zack Snyder. You're gone from my yeah. production. As that, far that's, as I'm you should not be a director if you're doing that. Like, that's not a movie. That's a phase one of the universe. That's, that's just doing what you think is fun. That's just <laughs> creating stuff. It's, it's not a movie. It's just creating blah. <laughs> It's just like, you know, when kids are playing and they're like, so then this happened and then this happened and yeah. then this happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't stop, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, music segment? Yeah, music segment. Two songs going in the playlist this week, obviously. I'm Spider-Man. Um, actually, no, hang on. Not I'm Spider-Man. It is You're That Spider Guy. Yep. That's the final song. Mm -hmm. We're also going to put Cold War yes. in. That's yep. the one that we get where... Spider-Man does that incredible slow motion shot where he's up above all of the skyscrapers and and um, and Mark Webb just goes, how about we just slow it down when he's up the top for a second there? Yeah. Just absorb that. And I can't believe you uh, didn't put Coldplay in there. Coldplay? <laughs> nah, mate. They missed out. <laughs> they missed out on the last one. They missed out on this one too. Uh, on the last one? Yeah, last movie. Last movie? Yeah, they had a song in the last movie. Oh, did they? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Kingdom I was like, come. Empire Strikes Back. You, you know when... Um... <laughs> Surely not. I think Coldplay was born. <laughs> Surely not. No, they wouldn't. Um, no, in, in, in the first movie. In the first film, It's when yeah. he's skating around. Um, uh, look, final thoughts. Do you want to go first? Yeah, okay. I think what you're basically waiting for me to say is whether this film fails or whether it passes. Um... So I'll explain everything first and then right. we'll get yeah, to my final yeah. rating. You better explain. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think this film, it's it's hit or miss at its core, you know? It's, yeah, right. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Um, there's a lot of great things in it. I think all of this stuff with Andrew and Emma and Sally Field um, is great. Love their acting, love their performances. What they did with the characters are great. 
Um, and then, again, you have the villains who are just horrendous in every single um, addition to this franchise. It, it, it's never worked for me. They're, they're horrendously bad. Um, some of the writing is just terrible. Some of the dialogue is terrible. But you've got good Welcome parts in it. Welcome back to the it. bonus round. Exactly. It's so split down the middle. Right. And you wonder how it happens. How do you have... Sorry. How do you have Welcome Back to the Bonus Round and then... Uh, I can't do this without you, yeah. Andrew Garfield sobbing over dead Gwen Stacy in the same movie. Exactly, it, it, it's, it, it's so bone. split down the middle, yeah. and you wonder whether it's the same writing team doing it. Um, so it's just a shame that it, you know some things work and some things don't work because you have the potential to make a good film, but you have all of these other things just dragging it down, just constantly dragging it down. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things I really like about it. I think the suit's great. I think the music is just fantastic. The acting, like I've said before, most performances are really good. Um, the story's pretty average. Um, I think it could have done with a bit more fine-tuning. Um, but again, the villain's terrible. Um, so I think this film, I had a great time with yeah. this film, and I think that has to come into account when I'm you know, rating a film. Um, but yeah, you have to pay attention to whether it's actually a good film. And yeah. I think critically speaking, it's not a good film. Right. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you have fun with it. It's, it's Revenge yeah. of the Sith. It, yeah. It, it's okay. not sure. good. Um, so it's right on that line. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give it a C minus. Okay. It passes. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's on the very verge of it though. Mm. I'm, I'm going to pass it because okay. I had fun with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's funny. Um, take your same dilemma and move it up one grade. Mm-hmm. And so I was sort of having the dil- dilemma of, of B minus and C plus. And I'll go for the C plus mm-hmm. um, this time. Obviously, like this movie gets uh, an A plus in my heart. So it's my favorite mo- uh, movie of all time. And yeah, it's a movie that I can always count on to have a, have a fun time with because it is very nostalgic uh, yep. for me. And I, I really like the the spider-man that's portrayed here it's it's my favorite uh superhero portrayal it's my favorite superhero movie it's my favorite movie like favorite whatever mm-hmm. name favorite and then well, <laughs> say favorite and then put it andrew spider-man favorite yeah boom. favorite whatever <laughs> it's in it's in this movie yeah um and yeah favorite soundtrack honestly everything and yeah look i i would rank it higher than most people would in terms of the spider-man movies i think it's a lot better than um some of the mcu movies and i think it's certainly better than spider-man 3 um and yeah look i i genuinely enjoyed this movie from start to finish i can see the flaws but i sort of like accept them and laugh at them Mm -hmm. um and laugh with the movie yeah um but yeah, look, I love the community that's developed around this. I love the whole, you know, Andrew Garfield was the best Spider-Man sort of fandom. Yep. Um, and yeah, look, I'm forever, forever a part of that fandom. And so that's that's really nice to have people actually like share it, share it with. But yeah, look, I'll give it a C plus. Um, this is kind of a question of my, in, my review integrity because if I gave it, you know, something like an A, I think I would just like lose all credibility. <laughs> we have to be, we have to use some sort of uh, objectivity and we have to try and, you know, take into account the fact that we really like a movie and it has elements that we really like. Yeah. Then also the fact that fundamentally there's a lot of things that could have been better. Yeah. However, I do like Harry Osborn and the Green Goblin like sort of works for me. Like sure, mm-hmm. 
the whole, you know, corporate espionage thing was a bit odd and the generic bald men in, in white suits. <laughs> um, but like, I really like Harry Osborn and, and Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborn and obviously all of the um, human characters work really well for me. Yep. It's just um, when when Electro gets his suit. Vomits. Electricity, yeah, and things, throws teeth. Yeah, honestly, just electro. To be honest, from start to electro finish. is the heart of what is wrong with this film. Yes, yeah. um, but but then you have like Andrew Garfield and Sally Field and my goodness Emma Stone, who are you know carrying this movie, and the three of them are just brilliant, and I really do appreciate their their performances. And what they gave to this movie, because without them, this would be an absolute trash fire. Yeah. Like, I know it's a 2.5, and I say that's low, but my goodness, if those three weren't in the movie, I would give it a zero. Yeah. So, yeah, look, it has redeeming qualities for me, and I'm, I'm going to view it a lot favorably than most people, but I'd still recommend it for superhero fans. Give it a go. I think a lot of people would think that they hate it, but mm. realize it's not that bad. Like, do you think you it, you're standing... The movie standing, in your opinion, do you think it's gone up? Like, do you think you've, you? Yeah, I would say it's gone up. Yeah. I, it it really needed a rewatch for me. Um, look, I I thought it was gonna fail, yeah. like horrendously bad. Right. Um, and yeah, it's it's very close on the edge. Yeah. But I had fun with it. Man. Right. Like, it, That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. If you like a film, if you had fun with it, I think there's some, like you said, redeeming qualities there. Right. It, it's not a complete fail if you had a laugh. So, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. Anything else to add? We'll wrap no, up I'm up all out, man. Okay, sweet. Two hours, my goodness. Thank you for listening <laughs> to this episode of the Rewatch Podcast. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at the Rewatch Pod. If you'd like to subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search the Rewatch on YouTube. Um, if you'd like to leave us a comment, let us know what you thought about the video, any thoughts that you have. Um, we'll be sure to answer them. If you're here, we still love you. It's been two hours. What are yeah. you doing? Go to bed. My goodness. <laughs> or go do some actual studying, yeah. guys. <laughs> Stop procrastinating. You could have watched Spider-Man in this time. <laughs> oh, no. We're very close. Just yeah. cut out all the electro scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I reckon. Or you could have watched half a Snyder Cut, mate. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening. We'll get out of here now. So bye for now. See ya.